0: I shall do my best to remain unhinged for the show.
1: Welcome to episode number seventy-three of Grumpy Old Bands for Friday, July third, twenty twenty. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America, just outside of rack where COVID isn't going crazy, but the Fourth of July weekend is probably going to be pretty damn bloody.
0: And from America's left coast, where Darren just scooped me, I'm Ryan Bemrose. I always do because I, my, my line was going to be where unauthorized Fourth of July celebrations have been going all all week, but you just totally ruined my line well see but we're gonna have way more murders to redo that in chicago way more that's true yeah that's true all we've got is is shells and explosions in in counties a county which by the way is like 85 percent wilderness by land area and yet it's completely illegal to set off fireworks which may
1: there's a lot of crazy laws in the united states but the the chop zone is now dismantled so yeah
0: Gavin Newsom, I, I I don't think Mr. Fucking Inslee has has done this yet, but Gavin Newsom actually went out and said it is illegal for Californians to gather for the Fourth of July. You know, he, he he's kind of missing the point of Independence Day. Just yeah. letting you know, maybe, maybe not. I
1: mean, I get it to a certain extent. I mean, we're seeing some crazy. You, know, you get it
0: that he's an authoritarian autark. Yes, I yeah. get that, too.
1: I mean, we understand. But we also get the fact that the numbers are probably skewed by a variety of different things, as we've learned. We
0: get the fact that the numbers are bullshit.
1: Well, yeah. And the numbers in Texas, because those have been, if you believe the media, and I don't show that they went way, way, way up. But the reality, as pointed out by Adam Curry of No Agenda, who is from Austin, they changed the way they're doing the counting. And that has a tendency to screw with things.
0: You, you don't get a hockey stick graph like what they're showing on all the media reports without having yeah the, the disease does not work like that. Uh, what, what works like that is you changed the counting methodology. Now they're basically counting everybody who was in the same city as when somebody uh, had their contact tracing app report that they might have had Corona because they passed somebody on the street who also might have had Corona by. Uh, I, I don't know.
1: Well, it's, it's cases and cases are such a different thing. We should only be worried about deaths and severe. Let's be honest, severe illnesses, but we're being told that like half the people that get it are asymptomatic. A lot of people that get it have very minor symptoms. So telling me how many cases there are don't really give me a clue of what's going on. What I would like to know, the only important thing would be. How many people are hospitalized and how many die? That's
0: okay, that's it. Let, let me be clear. Uh, here Here's the deal. I'm, I'm going to give you the whole load. Don't give me it all.
1: Not at one time. Break that whole load up.
0: The only <laughs> that's that's what the laxatives are for. The only thing that we should be worried about this weekend is making sure that the meat in your smoker doesn't burn. We should not be worried about some stupid flu virus during the summer. Flus do not happen in the summer. This is a flu virus. And it, it, yeah, okay, a couple people are going to get sick. Those people had compromised immune systems or, or did something stupid like breathing their own exhaled CO2 24-7, but it's the flu. Get over it. There, it's, it's very important for a few people and the rest of us who have never shown any symptoms of this stupid virus. The only thing we should be worried about is how we're going to do our 4th of July celebrations. We should not still be in the this should not still be a, a story. It should definitely not still be a justification for the continued economy fucking that these governors are doing.
1: Well, and outdoor transmission is very low, but, you know, hey, that's that's just science. We don't want to worry about that. Uh, Orange man bat. Anything he says is bad. And it's interesting because two new studies seemed to have dropped. And one of these I found because uh, um, Scott Adams hosted it. He's been following this stuff pretty closely as well. But there was a study out of New York and a study out of Detroit, two places that had a lot of covid and dealt with a lot of covid patients. And it seems in both studies, hydrochloroquine massively lowered the death rate. I mean,
0: um, no, no, we can't let that story out that that doesn't get. Fauci and Bill Gates more millions of dollars in federal funding for developing the very expensive vaccine that they're going to force on us.
1: You know, it certainly wasn't perfect in the one uh, hospital system those who got, you know, chloroquine had like a 13% death rate were those who didn't had a 26%. But you know, statistically, cutting the death rate in half would seem to be a pretty good
0: thing. Here's 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 an interesting universal characteristic no matter how much money you spend on medical science, uh, by far the absolute number one contributor to whether or not you're going to get over an illness of any kind is whether you have a healthy immune system and keeping our immune system healthy should therefore be the primary goal and shutting people inside and having them breathe their own CO2, not the right way to do that.
1: Well, there really is something to be said for that. The overprotective parents who don't let their kids do 80% of the stuff and play outside and all that. It is detrimental in the long run. There's no question about it. One of the other stats, though, which I thought was interesting because there's been a few things the media has been very clear upon when it came to COVID. Has the media
0: ever been very clear?
1: They're clear. I mean, they're not correct, but they're clear. One of the stories they've been pushing is who does this disease hit harder than anybody else according to the media
0: um trump
1: well no because he doesn't have the disease it hits african americans harder we've heard that a
0: bunch uh-huh. the, uh, one uh-huh. these,
1: the one of these one of these studies shit coming it is because one of I, these studies that also showed hydrochloroquine lowered your uh, ability you know your the chances of death the other two things that lowered your chances of death was being a woman and being African American. So, wait a minute, you're telling me the reality is it doesn't actually hit Black people harder. So, another lie just to make the president look bad. And you know what? I'm fine with a lot of political lies because that's just the way the system's played. But in this case, when you have these liberal douchebags like Deborah Messing and Rachel Maddow, who are like, all these deaths are on Trump's head, screw you, it's on your head because you lied to people. Who could have been treated, Trump was right. Hydrochloroquine is being proven now to lower the death rate. So I don't know how these people say the these deaths are on Trump's head when they're obviously responsible. Trump derangement syndrome is strong. I don't believe that most of these people even understand the hypocrisy or that they're wrong. I don't believe they have that in their DNA to process that they're actually wrong. And that's scary. Uh,
0: uh, no, I, I, I learned something recent. Well, I, I finally realized and internalized uh, a fact recently that m- leads me to be able to understand the reasoning of, of lefties and, and the kind of people who, I mean, not everybody who, uh, you know, considers themselves on the left is like this. Some of them even understand the concept of logic. Uh, but uh, the, the people who are getting all of the press these days, the, the, the woke culture, the SJWs are in at least a subset of the left who have literally abandoned logic and reason. And, and that's not hyperbole. that is actually a, a, a thing they have chosen to do. And I know I'm way way behind the curve on this one, and people have been saying it for five years. But it, I finally realized what exactly that means, because I've got uh, you know a couple a, a couple of my stories which tie into this theme which is uh, they, they have they have abandoned the idea. They don't even bother to uh, rational arguments don't work on the people who are pushing this stuff because they don't bother to consider anything rationally. Every single decision is made straight from the feels. It's does this feel right? Does this feel right? And it's led to a lot of of really bad outcomes that that are absolutely horrible for the country that these people are becoming in power you know, among other things is the complete abandonment of the rule of law and and moving to the rule of autarchy or uh not not uh, of uh um the, the rule by autocracy they they are you know the, i've got a story about the, the california legislature which is is trying to uh um completely abandon proposition 209 that passed that that eliminated affirmative action because they feel like having affirmative action is better as long as the right people are in power. Uh, This is a, this is a a tremendous failure in logic where it never occurs to them that someday the wrong person might be in power. And if they were thinking rationally, or at least looking for, uh, you know, what could be the consequences of my action, then they might recognize that, for example, giving Trump the power to, right executive orders left and right giving it giving that power to obama would backfire on them when trump got it right uh, but but they don't think about that they really do not think about consequences they do not think about rational it's just what feels right at this moment they are the ultimate in the the nihilists that just you know do what feels right and screw the consequences well yeah so you got some consequences coming up
1: it's like trying to steer a really big ship. You don't turn it on a dime. It's like you have to see what's coming and you have to prepare. And, you you know, if you want your ship to turn left, it's like, well, you better start doing that a couple miles, you know, beforehand. And uh, well, they're
0: not even trying to steer the ship. They're just like peeing off the side and, <laughs> and expecting that somehow that will everything will work out in the end because it feels good.
1: Well, they are. And there's a lack of leadership. And you saw that with the little experiment they had in Seattle Uh, in their chop zone. Activision
0: has activism.
1: That's that's a bad software company. Well, they were good. It is. It is.
0: But but I'll save my rants for that software company. Activism has replaced leadership.
1: You know, and it's interesting that I saw one of the guys that got shot and died in the chop zone. They would not allow normal medics to come in. It was, you know, the chop medics that then brought him to the hospital. Of course, no, the
0: the dude who was riddled with bullets, they just grabbed him and threw him in the back seat of somebody's private car and drove him out.
1: Yeah, and then he died. And I don't know how long it took him to get him to the hospital, but it came out that you know, of course, your your beautiful mayor. The cause of
0: death, the cause of death there was either acute lead poisoning or more likely COVID. Yeah, your beautiful mayor
1: nor your governor decided to reach out to the family of the guy who died because you know they don't give a shit which is the real problem first of all
0: fuck you not my governor not my mayor but go on
1: you know who did reach out though to the father was (laughs) i love that donald trump saw the guy on tv heard him complaining that you know the mayor the governor of uh, washington state didn't even acknowledge you know, I didn't what happened read
0: that story on msnbc i must have missed it
1: you know it is because the guy was uh, talking very highly of donald trump and they, of course the, the the black guy got killed and this father uh, is a black guy donald trump calls him up has a good seven minute conversation i guess you know gave his condolences and that meant a lot because nobody else in the local area thought the guy's life meant anything and that to me is the socialist thing in a nutshell They don't really care about you. It's just like Black Lives Matter was pointed out in the last show when there's over nine million black people enslaved in Africa and they don't care about that, but they want reparations for slaves from 150 years ago in the United States. You're not really making any sense. You're not being honest about what you want.
0: What you just said, they they don't care about you, is it. it it sounds like hyperbole and it's totally the kind of hyperbole that that I would say on this show and and you have been known to follow my lead sometimes but it is literally true uh in in you know what what conversations I've had because I I like to apply reason to things believe it or not and I know that makes me you know uh, uh, way off the curve and probably a little bit foolish but I I engage in conversations with you know I've got a a really good friend who is a self-described socialist and uh, I I always want to know what makes him tick and so I had a conversation I'm like what why do you it and you're trying to get to the the root of this and one of the root disagreements that we had is that he and and he claims this of, of other socialists although I haven't talked to all of them he honestly believes that the civil the society as a whole is worth more than the people in it and this this results in uh if you follow the the logic behind it, such as it is um a willingness to jettison any individual that doesn't conform to your view of what society should be like And that is a really horrific worldview to take, in my opinion, because if if not for individuals, what do you have in society? A society of of what, buildings?
1: Kind of. Well, this is why when they all talked about the socialistic health care, which is why there will be death panels and things like that. Of course they say, well, no, that would never happen, but we were already seeing that come to fruition with Obamacare is Well, you know, if it's going to cost too much money to keep you alive, then it's really not worth it to the rest of society. So this is, again, the case of what's the greater good trumps the individual good. And I've talked to multiple people about this. One is my personal physician who came from a Soviet controlled country, and he talked about having his grandmother need help, called the paramedics there and they just said well how old are you and she's like well 80 years old whatever she was and they're just like nah you're a stade baba if i remember the word correctly which was you're an old bag we're not coming so he had to call a friend of his there to go get her and get her help but that is socialistic medicine is oh yeah you're you're 80 um yeah no no, just just stay home and die please it's much more convenient lives matter yeah, it's much more convenient for the rest of us if you'll just stay home and die.
0: Thanks. Uh, there, there is in fact a certain pragmatism to it, but it, I mean, it, it is somebody who has lived for eighty years is it, it, even putting aside the the obnoxious argument of oh well they've already had a pretty good run. Even putting that aside, statistically, if if you expend a certain amount of resources to save somebody, uh, you're going to save a thirty something. A, 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 you're a lot more likely to save a 30 something with the same amount of resource than you are to save an 80 something because the number of risk factors in the 80 something is much higher. So from a purely impersonal screw the individual, screw the person, let's have no compassion and apply only logic to it. It kind of makes sense. Uh, and I think that's where you know, wait, whether or not it's political to have death panels that is the, your triage in an ER is exactly that they are deciding, you know, this person is going to get treatment and this person isn't. And they sometimes make decisions that someone's going to die.
1: Right. Which was why it was hilarious to me. And again, totally a group that misses out on the hypocrisy when the news media was covering what was going on in Italy with covid, where the hospitals were overrun. And you're hearing the stories of like, oh, old folks weren't even being able to get taken care of. It's like, well, that's what you want here. I mean, come on, you don't understand.
0: When I think that 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 is really what gets to me about the whole thing is I I can make the argument of, yeah, it's totally rational to implement death panels. It's not nice. But here's here's the funny thing about living on this planet. It's not nice. There there's a lot of shit that happens and we all accept risk by being born. I don't remember if 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 you recall signing that EULA, that NDA or whatever, but by being born into this world, you agree to accept the risks that comes with living in this world. Congratulations. You might be screwed for no reason. And it's awful. And I don't like it. And obviously you do things to manage the risk, but it is pure and utter hypocrisy to pick and choose which people you're going to care about and which ones you're going to sweep under the rug as some kind of statistic.
1: And your brother, Anthony is in the uh, troll room and he says he's very confused. You seem to be taking the compassionate side on this story. So uh, Compassionate? I just argued that it was rational to kill people. See, but that's compassionate for you, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That, That might be. But that is the hypocrisy. That is the problem. The United States of America was built upon individual freedoms, and there aren't any other countries around quite like it. Which is why it's been pissing people off for hundreds of years. And I just don't get it. There are many other countries doing exactly what these activists here want to do. You're free to go there. I mean, if you like the way the living conditions are in Venezuela, go. You like what's going on in Iran? Go. Nobody's stopping you. You have that ability. But no, they want to change this system and the. Not knowing history is a big concerning thing, but we know exactly why it was done, why all oh. of this stuff was cut from the textbooks, because well, once they
0: finish rewriting all the history to match what everybody thinks now. Then everybody will know the history and then we'll be back to understanding it. I think that's a problem that's solving itself. Right.
1: I mean, do you think these activists today and many of them are brain dead kids living in their parents' basements and it's sad, but that's the state of the United States right now do you think those people that are out there pulling down the statues of George Washington and whoever else do you think they know there were very similar groups doing very similar things that led to the Nazi uprising in Germany pulling down statues and rewriting history do you think they even know that
0: no that's all boomer history that that that's not valid because it happened before they were born and therefore uh, you know the the funny thing is the advent of the internet causes a lot of people to re- think that everything that they're doing and everything that's happening now has never happened before because digital exceptionalism and it's just not true <laughs> but but fortunately um all of these people failed history and and it's not necessarily their fault because uh you know bill gates with his his you know new math and and common core kind of screwed up the chance of any of these people getting anything resembling a real education in public in the public system. So it's not necessarily their fault, but they, yeah, I I absolutely believe that the people who are out chanting in the street and pulling down statues have absolutely no idea of the actual historical context of what they're doing.
1: Yeah. Not having that history to point back to is the scary thing. You should be able to learn from the mistakes of your predecessors. And if you don't know the mistakes of your predecessors, uh, you're probably going to go down some wrong paths that you certainly and shouldn't have to.
0: I'll tell you one thing that is actually an, uh, a result of digital exceptionalism, which is, is probably screwing up this generation for more than most. And, and and three generations from now we'll have gotten used to this, either that, or we'll have bombed ourselves back to the stone age. But the, With the availability of so many people and the over-socialization of our social networks, people, you know, everybody needs somebody to talk to, to socialize with. Humans are social animals and therefore we need them. And in the past, that has always been your local village. And if there were three people in the entire village who were your age group, then you obviously had to interact with people outside your age group. But the average human can only interact with uh, you know a hundred or so people, uh, and and everybody else is just a statistic. It's it's a the human brain, and when you fill up those hundred slots with people who are exactly in the same position you are, the exact same age that you met online, it it's I think possibly for the first time in our history, we have young people for whom their own parents and grandparents. Are strangers. They are the other. They're in the category of people we don't talk to or interact with. And, and the, the result of that is that it all, you, you people are growing up where all of the people they've ever interacted with are just as clueless as they are. Well, and we're not passing down, we're, we're not passing down information from older generations anymore because people who are, are stuck to their phones and staring at their Insta 24 seven aren't listening they don't want to that that's not somebody that they they get information from
1: well and in one of the early grumpy old ben's i remember you pointing out the fact that one of the biggest changes in our society was the fact that when things used to happen whether they were a school shooting or whatever when we were growing up before the internet before social media it was something far away you didn't take it as personally people didn't get as triggered they didn't get as emotional and this concept now of social media has made you know one person insulting somebody else halfway around the world well now that's a big deal to you and that is not good for anybody's sanity it's
0: it's not a big deal for somebody to me for somebody is sitting in the same room to insult they give somebody throws an insult at me the first thing i'm going to try to do is figure out exactly where they're coming from and if they have a legitimate point point. and if i decide they don't i don't
1: care but people have to put things in perspective and that is one thing social media has blown out of the water is the ability to put things in perspective we've talked about it with Hell so yes. many things with the covid Amen. definitely oh. the george floyd definitely was it bad that this guy was killed by a cop Yes, but it was a one-time deal. I mean, I understand. Um, Let's not say one time. Let's just say a very rare occurrence. But the way people perceive this, then,
0: is... He's probably not going to ever get killed again by that same cop.
1: Probably. But people see this as a a huge issue that's going on every day, and it's certainly not. But perception, again, totally screwing with everything. Now that everything... And for a little callback to our episode from Monday... When we talked about all of the defunding stuff, including Dick Masterson's thing, our uh, buddy, Stevie, remember him? He's the guy that was the first one brave enough to go over to our Patreon and join up. We have a second. We have a second one now, which is good. We'll be talking about that,
0: but uh, 50 percent or 100 percent increase in cases overnight.
1: Yes. This is the kind of stats. These are the kind of perspective that you want to be looking for. Uh, he said he listened to the Monday show, was happy we mentioned him, made him smile. He liked Billy Bones. So, Billy Bones, there's a thumbs up for you there. But he uh, and, sent, And
0: if you like Billy Bones, then you need to go subscribe to his podcast to walk through the mind. BillyBones.com. Billy but it's a billy three. BillyBones3s.com instead of an E. Um,
1: yes. But he sent along a note, which is good because their website is currently down right now. He uh, included the the screenshot, the text from Gab who has been banned by visa payments so gab again another one of these places that is doing social media in a way that's allegedly free speech which means you know friendly for conservatives and they've been blacklisted. and there's a note from the guy that started gab saying as many of you already know visa blacklisted gab so instead of mastercard this time it's visa but i'm never sure because everything seems like mastercard and visa are very closely tied i don't know
0: You you know, we love to shit on Google and Facebook as, as the, the, the duopoly that controls most of the internet. And, and we, I mean, they deserve being shit on because they're evil. But I, it, our, our last episode and actually some of the reactions that we got to it really keyed me into the fact that, uh, the MasterCard Visa duopoly, it's, it's a lot more hidden, but that's way more insidious than anything Silicon Valley is doing. Those guys, uh, they, they pretty much just decide something between the two of them. And of course, you know, they're colluding all the time and there's no competition. There's just the two of them who are, you know, they've got the same smoky back room that they're talking in. They just decide that you don't exist and you're not in the economy anymore. It's not just you're not on this social network or or you don't have this platform. It is. You are a persona agratin. You are not. <laughs> you're you're I, with either, cheese.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Personas an anglata. Yes. uh, Yes. Although I I don't know, putting cheese on people. Cheese sounds much tastier. Seems like a much better idea. Uh, He was pointing out in this message, the Chinese social score, which we've talked about in the past, has been covered on no agenda quite a bit. Uh, But the interesting thing about this Gab being blacklisted, uh, he says, quote, we were told this week that not only is Gab blacklisted by Visa as a business, but my personal name, phone number, address and more are all blacklisted by visa if i wanted to leave gab tomorrow something that isn't going to happen he says and start a lemonade stand i wouldn't be able to obtain merchant processing for it simply because my name is andrew torba if my wife wants to start a business she won't be able to obtain a merchant processing because she lives at the same address and that would be flagged by visa so you know the long story short is they're not just going after your business they're turning you off and we've talked about similar stories in the fact that people like instagram facebook these were blocking people and kicking them off for things they did off platform meaning you could lose your youtube channel because you posted something on twitter it's very 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 scary stuff
0: it is scary stuff it's quite horrible the the one ray of hope that i will offer you is that uh as with many things the only way out is through uh woke companies are not going to turn around and go back because there's there's no doctrine of atonement in the church of wokeology uh but once enough people have been canceled and i think we're getting there uh it it's suddenly no longer the the scarlet letter it's the badge of shame when we are all deplorable, nobody is deplorable,
1: well, yeah, because uh, what do these activists do? if you're somebody that sits on Twitter all day and just blasts conservatives once all the conservatives are gone from Twitter, now what are you going
0: to do in your basement um i'm I'm in your basement, you'll probably you know jerk off into the echo chamber <laughs> and and you know I, if I'm not there, great, have fun, enjoy, do what you do I, I I don't care I just you know i I don't care if people are are going to be trying to yell at each other in some stupid echo chamber that has no effect you know getting banned from twitter doesn't even bother me i like go go ahead why don't you go ahead and ban me from twitter right now see what that does to my life oh not on twitter well not a whole lot uh the the point where this causes people to lose their jobs by retweeting something from trump 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 Trump, is he the new guy
1: running i'd vote for trump
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh if you know, somebody who retweets, re, re, my vocabulary has failed me today. Somebody who retweets Trump and gets fired for it, um, or somebody who, uh, just happens to not be woke and, and maybe take the opposite position, like say Dick Masterson, and suddenly loses their ability to participate in capitalism. Uh, that is a real problem. Uh, by, by the way, uh, not real capitalism, because it kind of violates the assumption of capitalism that people can enter and leave the market freely, uh, which is not always true. But I tell you what, when you get some kind of woke company being the gatekeeper for the entire economy, yeah, uh, every single argument that some leftist moron makes about, oh, capitalism is ruining this country. Well, no, this is not capitalism when you can go to MasterCard and get a company canceled for reasons that are not economic. Now, all of your logical arguments against capitalism are out the window because you're not arguing against capitalism. You're arguing against some kind of crony bullshit of your own making. I, I, I think I lost the thread of this rant, but that's well, okay.
1: we're getting there because the, the country was founded on the concept of, you know, I might not agree with you, but I will fight to make sure you can make whatever statements that you want to make. And we knew this was coming. I called this about 10 years ago when the bullying thing started and we've talked about it a lot here. It was very clear what was coming down that they wanted to stifle speech, certain speech was going to be made illegal. We saw the polls of all of the college kids who were like, "No, no, I think that's a really good idea that we, uh, you know, hate speech, we we have to get rid of hate speech without understanding what that means without understanding who gets to define hate speech. And at this point, hate I, I speech. think that
0: was probably one of the first complete departures from reason because it is so difficult and such a slippery slope to try to define hate speech.
1: Well, yeah, because the Bible is hate speech because it's against homosexuality. So it's hate speech. It's against, I, I, you know, having more than one
0: wife. It's hate speech in the modern world. Disagreeing with somebody is hate speech. Yeah.
1: Well, that's the whole thing. And it's not like you're disagreeing with them in a violent manner. The concept of the the Christian saying, well, you know what? I don't agree with homosexuality, but I I love you as a person. And that is still hate speech because you you disagree. You dare disagree with their lifestyle. It's like, well, do you think everybody agrees with the Sir Benrose lifestyle? I don't think so. Nobody ever agrees with my lifestyle. Uh, Everybody has the ability to reason and do what's best for them.
0: Here's a. I'm. I'm going to give a, a Sir bemrose pro life tip. Uh, and if if you want to be like Sir bemrose you should do this. Uh, actually, you know what? If this is this is something that everybody learns at one point in their life or others, it just happens to be way too late for certain people. And it is the cure for the over socialization, which I, I described from from Professor Ted last episode. But it the the problem with social media is that you have too many inputs and too many people and the problem that lead that with the wokeness culture is you have too many people demanding that you act in their particularly moral way and and oversocialization is the term that professor ted coined to describe the the cognitive dissonance inherent in trying to live up to everybody else's expectations even when they're contradictory and failing because it's impossible but beating yourself up and turning into a, a a self-hating person because you can't adhere to the morality being imposed on you by all of the inputs so the pro tip and this comes straight from the Stoic school of philosophy is that if you want to remain sane stop giving fucks you just need to not care about all of the inputs that you're getting from left from right from facebook from insta from everybody and and again this is a lesson that everybody who remains sane has learned at some point in their life is somewhere along the line you pick and choose who you're going to keep happy and who you're going to say I understand that you disagree with me. I understand that you even think I'm a horrible person. You, It is your right to think that. I don't agree. Good day, sir. If you can do that, you can remain sane. But if you feel compelled to adhere to every single person's opinion about you and and their position on morality and make sure that you are constantly, permanently uh, uh, politically correct, You're going to lose your mind, and and then the next thing you know, you're going to be protesting in the streets of Minneapolis or Chicago or Seattle, forming autonomous zones. Well, the mayor who colludes with terrorists. Well, welcome to
1: the new world order. But I do believe that there is a silent majority, which would lead me to believe that there are a lot of people who have gotten the message that you just uh, put out there. That you're kind of stepping away from all of this. You're not going to interact with those people. And there was a point when all of this started, especially on social media, where people thought you could actually have a meaningful debate with crazy people on the other side. And
0: it's gotten to the point if they had any rational argument or arguments left. But like I said earlier, they've abandoned rationality can't have a debate with somebody who is being irrational
1: yes who will never listen to anything you say and again saw this thing coming down the pike when things were going on like white girls or white guys wearing dreadlocks and it's like oh that's cultural appropriations you know i mean this this kind of overt insanity that you can't have anything associated with a different race i mean that is the most racist thing in the world because I would say it
0: makes zero, which is lost on these people.
1: Yes. Because it's like, well, if you really like black culture, then if you're embracing the food and the music or whatever part of that culture that you enjoy, if you're embracing it, you're showing a love for those people. You're not showing that you're a racist scumbag. I mean, it's kind of funny. So if there's a white guy in dreadlocks singing along to rap on his car stereo, I mean he's obviously a racist douchebag, right? I mean that makes perfect sense. I don't get it. I don't get it.
0: On the topic of institutional racism, uh you, you you I've got a story out of California and this has actually been stewing for quite a while. They even mentioned it on No Agenda a couple weeks ago. Uh but are are you familiar with uh California Proposition 209?
1: Yeah, that's isn't that the uh, um the the uh the leveling thing, right? The, um,
0: yeah, yes, Tish. Uh, Proposition 209 was actually passed and added to the California State Constitution in 1996. Uh, it includes the language. The state shall not discriminate against or grant preferential treatment to any individual or group on the basis of race, sex, color, ethnicity, or national origin in the operation of public employment, public education, or public contracting.
1: Wait, wait, wait. This, so you mean they wouldn't allow you to, say, pick a vice president candidate based upon their race or gender?
0: This proposition, which passed in 1996, back when uh, e- e- when equality was in vogue. Uh, was passed by the liberals in 1996 it banned affirmative action because they rightly argued that affirmative action is in fact a form of racism uh you you weren't you know we understand because it's easy if you analyze it rationally that you can never solve racism by adding more racism
1: no no are you sure i think isn't it you're, you're the math major though isn't it like two negatives make a positive or two positives
0: make a negative it's weird turns out not uh and and i you know if if we if we had the opportunity here i'd go ahead and 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 beat some algebra into people to make them understand that but i'm not convinced we we have the technology yet but what has happened recently is uh in the 26th so about a week ago the california state legislature woke that they be have decided that proposition 209 and the Constitutional ban on affirmative action is preventing them from giving black citizens their rightful place above whites. I don't know that that's how they characterize it, but that's exactly what they're arguing for. And therefore the California state legislature voted to remove the language from prop or from the California constitution. Now it being in the constitution, it has to go to a public vote in November. Uh, and the, I will just say that this actually passed, uh, or this, this passed the Washington state legislature in 2018, California is behind the curve in 2018, the Washington state legislature passed proposition 88, which was to push forward, uh, another measure called initiative 1000. And I'm not certain why it needed two ballot titles, but that that's what it was, uh, which tried to do exactly the same thing it tried to amend the Washington state constitution to enable affirmative action uh this passed uh 50.25 to 49.7 or something like that um it it or I, I mean i'm sorry it failed uh the Washington state constitution was not amended so right now affirmative action and preferential hiring based on race in Washington is still illegal much to the tears and consternation of the, the woke people who pushed it because they swear the, you know, their, their argument up and down was that reintroducing affirmative action to the state was the way that you could end racism. And now California is doing the same thing. And it it being 2020 and also California being California, even more California than Washington, um, I think this has a pretty good chance of passing unless the silent majority in California, at least the ones who haven't left to go to Austin or, or wherever need to vote this shit down or you are, you, you want institutional racism? This is how you get institutional racism. Yeah. This is how you, your, your state government can now be racist against whoever the hell they want. And right now they say they're only going to be racist against whites and maybe you're okay with that but it makes it legal to be racist against whomever the hell they want to bring back affirmative action, to bring back separate, but equal to bring back separate bathrooms for different colored people. If, if you want a return to the civil rights era of, of 1950, when you had to be a particular color in order to walk down a certain street, this is how you get it is by letting these woke fucking retards in the california legislature push constitutional amendments that institutionalize racism
1: it's a huge step back but as we've talked about with the black lives matter movement that is a very separatist movement and the original answer which is now hate speech was when it all started all lives matter that would be the inclusive thing terry cruz got crucified for saying similar things that oh, he has yeah. brothers and sisters of yeah, he, all. He colors. might be
0: done entirely. Yeah, and it's sad by, by because he made the pathetic or the uh, the the ineffective attempt at introducing rationality into the debate when that's not what people want, and he might be paying the the price of never being hireable again. Well,
1: it is right in the name; it's a separatist organization, and that doesn't make any sense if you're actually trying to defeat racism if your end goal is that we are all men created equal then you're not doing it right no, no, when you're no, separating that's, that's
0: racist to say people are equal yeah i i didn't know that I, it's 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 it's, know, a, the, it's a changing bar the the hilarious thing is that 10 15 years ago uh the the equality above all else the the Harrison Bergeron outcome where everybody must be equal even 5 years ago was the the calling card of people on the left side of the spectrum it was the you know it was justice and equality are the two ultimate the uh, values and everything else must be sacrificed individuality uh, uh personal rights all of that as long as you can make people equal that that was it and somewhere in the last 5 years they have actually abandoned that statement for the purpose of no we actually really want racism because we want to elevate everybody above white people
1: white people must be punished they are the cause of slavery of course
0: um no no those those were the africans Back in the day, like back in the day when all humans were in Africa, that's when slavery was invented. Yeah,
1: and it's not just back in the day because again, nine million people more than the population of New York currently enslaved yeah. in Africa.
0: Yeah, it hasn't entirely changed. Now that said, Africa is about three times the size of of North America, so yeah. um, I, I what well, twice the size? It's it's huge. Africa is really freaking big. So saying any blanket statement about all of Africa is a, is bound to be an oversimplification. However, um yeah uh it, it it i tell you what it wasn't uh whites in the u.s that invented slavery it wasn't whites in the u.s that it, 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 believe it or not um americans are not exceptional in anything in this category
1: they but have the ex- last- except for except for having a government by the people and that is the sad part because that's what these people are fighting yeah, that's racist to abolish that is what is happening the people i mean it's it's weird when you have people and, like the mayor of new york city who is a communist i mean it's weird to have this we have communists that were elected to the city of chicago board there's this isn't something that's hidden anymore yeah.
0: this no but uh, 2014 the K- kishwa kishama sawant uh was elected to the seattle city council has been there ever since um her her official party is democrat socialist the, it, she doesn't even say democrat she says democrat socialist However, in interviews, she has straight up come out and said, "She is for communism. This is the Seattle city council this this, by the way, the uh, in case you were wondering, um I, I don't have much on the the chop zone, but it was uh, completely dismantled over the weekend, and I think one of the main reasons it was dismantled the the mayor finally let the police do their job, and I think the reason that she did was that BLM started protesting at her private residence. <laughs> Now, that in itself is uh, is pretty good, but the kicker, the real awesome part, was the person in the crowd who was egging them on and pushing them was city council member Kshama Sawant.
1: Sounds about right.
0: She she was in the, the rioters with BLM protesting Jenny Durkin's house because she had said that she might be taking down the CHOP zone, and they protested at her private house. She was at City Hall. She wasn't even home. Her her husband and daughter were home and scared shitless, understandably, because, of course, you know, nobody in Seattle is allowed to have guns. And the this is I I mean, it, it's a total coincidence. And I don't think Jenny Durkin is ever going to admit it. But funny how two days after this happened, she's like, yeah, we're we're going to clean up that. And, and, and the cops went in in 45 minutes. They had all the barricades gone, the trash on on, uh, you know, like 70. Dump trucks full of trash that they pulled out of there. I don't know if that's numbers right. Uh, and all the people dispersed and they arrested 40, 50 people.
1: Well, and now this also shows, though, that the deaths are on her head. The all the damage yeah. to business on her head. And I hope the city of Seattle is sued into oblivion over
0: this. And, and I hope that your silent majority idea plays out because those are the people who need a. a Right now, I, I will sit here and get outraged that the people that we have theoretically elected to facilitate our society are instead trying to tear it down from the inside. And if your silent majority theory plays out, then every single one of these governors who extended a lockdown far past the point where it was obvious that it wasn't working, or uh city mayors who have decided to eliminate cops and facilitate the rioting and looting in the streets of their city. Every single one of them needs to be thrown out on their asses and have somebody else who understands the concepts necessary to keep a society going installed in their place. And if that happens, then I have faith in your, your silent majority theory, which I, I I mean, that is the only hope that I have because I tell you what, if Jay fucking Inslee is still the governor of Washington in 2021, I'm leaving
1: people need to stand up for individual liberties. They need to understand what's going on. And that's hard when the media across the board lies. You have to get that through to people that still have some semblance of rationality to them that the group black lives matter is not about black lives mattering. It's about ushering in Marxism and socialism. That's what it's about. It's not about black lives, and this is genius, the, what they named the group. It's genius the way this is coming into power, the same way when Barack Obama was elected as president, anybody that dare spoke out against his policies was deemed a racist because it's the low-hanging fruit. You disagree with the black man, well, obviously you're a racist. It's like, no, how about his ideas suck?
0: Well, but, racist is just an information-free invective. the The real point is is a, a, you can't win in a rational argument against somebody. Then you just use ad hominem attacks and and stereotyping and and fallacies to try to shout down somebody so that you don't have to have a rational conversation. Because as long as you can avoid a rational conversation, you're always going to be right.
1: And if you have a big mob behind you, it's even better. If you have guns, oh, yeah. even better. If you can. <laughs> you know go out yes, and uh, the,
0: the the argument of of i i can bring more force to the table has has worked in human society for millennia i had one more point on the california legislature the the prop 209 stuff and uh it, it it's an interesting point um are are you you're familiar with the united nations correct
1: yeah the un there are such They're- a well meaning group of people who are doing great great things
0: um, something like that. Uh, they're also the, the globalist group that tends to be held up by, uh, pretty much every agent in the democratic party seems to be wanting to sell out us sovereignty to the UN, um, which, which is, uh, I mean, that's an issue, but not what I'm trying to talk about here. Uh, are, are you familiar with, uh, an, an interesting document that came out of the UN called the universal declaration of human rights?
1: I heard it. I haven't really read it but I know well, It they're goes demanding- a little
0: overboard. It goes a little overboard when it demands things like free broadband for all. Well, but that's for important. the most part. It's, it's a pretty good idea to, to codify uh, it, it. It's kind of the UN's version of the U S bill of rights. They just go a little overboard with, with things like making sure that everybody should be uh, given a living wage. And I mean, there's a lot of socialist ideas in there, but things I- like people should be allowed freedom of speech. Pretty good ideas, and they're in there.
1: I just want to know uh, how many uh, people in Africa have broadband
0: yet? Have they, have they got it to them? I, I, I'm not sure that it's all that universal just yet, but oh, okay. I have reason to believe that there would be some American or Chinese company who would totally get on that if there were government subsidies involved. Well,
1: I mean, I thought but, this was more just a way to get the US to do what they want. So we just made the rules aimed at the United States because that seems to be the target.
0: That is a big target. But now that I've sat here and torn down, um, I, I, I really do think that a lot of the stuff like like freedom of speech, like being secure in your possessions, uh, like um, having a right to a trial by jury. Those are in there and they're there's some very I mean, they're really good ideas to it, I, this thing. This is the document that should be wielded against most of the governments in the world for doing shit like uh blocking free speech
1: yeah but here's and the not question so much with the free bond what teeth does the u.n really have when it comes to countries like china iran uh the places that might not want to do what they want them to do
0: well they have the same exactly the same tools available to them as blm nothing they can whine and bitch and scream uh and and hope that people try to stay woke enough to to get with it it's just that the u.n is not currently in style but anyways, I want to read you the Article 2 of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. It's not the very first one, but it is the second one. Um, and it says, everyone is entitled to all the rights and freedoms set forth in this declaration without distinction of any kind, such as race, color, sex, language, religion, political or other opinion, national or social origin, property, birth or other status. So the globalists on the left pushing this thing as a document saying everybody needs to have these rights and, and the rights include free broadband and somebody needs to provide you Uber whenever you need it. Uh, but they also include silly little things like equality under the law. And, and now the, 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 I'll tell you what, the left is literally tearing themselves apart because the, the classical liberals, the ones who were pushing globalism and And pushing socialism and, and pushing for, you know, free UBI for all are being torn apart by the far, far left who are now trying to openly go against these things that they're pushing. Yeah. The, the people, the schemers who have been following, you know, playing the politics game and the game of chess in Washington DC have got to be sitting there scratching their heads like, you people are all insane and you're tearing down everything we do because the the woke the wokists are now instituting racism and abandoning the rule of law and abandoning reason and dragging us back from you know the and this by the way not an american concept this goes back far far you know in 900 years to the magna carta uh the the idea that, you know, before that laws, whatever law you rules, you were required to follow, lest the state kill you was set by a, an autocracy, an, an autark, a, a person who says, I am the king and you will do what I say. And whatever my whims are, those are the laws. And somewhere along the line, Magna Carta, you know, somebody came up with the idea, you know, this would be a whole lot more fair if we just wrote down all of the rules that you have to follow. And thus laws were born and the rule of law came into effect. And it, it's kind of an ideal that people follow. Well, but the now rule we're of law. That down.
1: Right. Well, the rule of law was the thing that should equalize the playing field. Everybody is equal under the law. That's the whole thing, right? You, the law doesn't see your color. It doesn't make any kind of just, you know, it doesn't matter if you commit a crime. At least it shouldn't, what color you are what religion you are, what gender you are. And once you start reintroducing this kind of stuff, you really, really start having a problem. And this is the, the issue that it comes down to, I suppose, that uh, they really don't like when it comes to capitalism is you are required, if you want to succeed in a capitalist society, to compete. That's the bottom line. You have to compete.
0: That, that is how
1: capitalism works. Yes. You have to get an education. I mean, you don't have to. But if you don't get an education well, and you don't get a job, you're I,
0: I would argue you don't have to get uh, credentials from a, an educating authority. Right. You do, however, have to not be ignorant.
1: You have to be able to provide something to society that people will give you money. Yes, that is the key. And a lot of people don't want to do anything. A lot of people just want to sit there and collect a check, which is what a lot of this is about. And it's very concerning to me when you see the stuff with reparations and that, to where it's like, well, no, no, we should just be getting a check. If you're an American descendant of slavery, you should be getting a check for the rest of your life. Well, what is that going to do to that demographic of people? It's certainly not going to prepare them. To De-
0: compete, destroy their destroy their self-confidence, make them permanently dependent on the state for everything, uh, give you an entire demographic who will never go against what the politicians say, lest they get cut off from their weekly checks.
1: So kind of like slaves to the system, maybe you would say,
0: yeah, kind of like slaves that that is pretty much what all of these Democrat policies are are pushing for as is we would like, to, you know, every time that you make somebody more dependent on the state and remove their independence and their ability to do for themselves. You are uh, increasing the slavery of the, the demographic. Yeah.
1: It is very, very nefarious that again, people think they're fighting for one thing. They think they're out there protesting for one thing. And the uh, end result is they have no clue. And we've been seeing this long before. The Black Lives Matter. It's easy to point to what's going on right now, but we've saw this for years and it was always made for a funny bit for the conservative comedians and that like Crowder or Glenn Beck where they would send somebody into one of these protests and a lot of them were to do with, you know, the school shootings and all that. And they would ask people what they were there for and they'd be like, I don't know. I'm skipping school. You know, I mean, They had no clue. I, I can
0: I can relate.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, mean, hell.
0: Pu- Public school is a, a dumpster fire. It's, you, you do, most people don't learn anything there because they've done such a piss poor job of of teaching you stuff. You know, mm. you, you want to learn stuff. Go to get get some homeschooling. Go read an encyclopedia. Uh, you know, go to trade school. Public school and university is not where it's at. Actually, no. I actually have a story about that later. Uh, but didn't you have uh, your story about the plantain that you wanted to bring up?
1: <laughs> OK, I see what you're saying. And uh, I'll go into my next story as you uh as you slink off for a moment. is that is that the uh is that the the deal up? Uh, hundreds arrested after encrypted messaging network takeover. and I saw this in a few different places. And I thought this was genius because we've talked about your privacy and security with all of these different tech things. And we've talked about things like, hey, don't use Gmail, go over, use ProtonMail, roll your own mail server with your you know, web server or something like that. And I had no idea that there was a pre-built network going on, mainly in Europe, which the criminals were using. It's called EncroChat, E-N-C-R-O-Chat, and they offered a service. And it wasn't cheap, which was a beautiful thing about this, but they were offering different cell phones, different devices, and they had different operating systems, either Android or their own EncroChat operating system. And basically, these cell phones were, you know, the cameras were removed, the GPS was removed. They some of the microphones were removed. So, I mean, it's a little less. And then they said you could do voiceover IP. So I'm not sure how you would do that if the microphone was removed. But obviously, if the microphone was removed, you could still use it for messaging.
0: Can't and they just use light
1: bulbs? You maybe they could. I,
0: I heard I heard that a free hanging light bulb could be used. These
1: devices sold for about a thousand bucks a piece, and six months of subscription was uh, it was it's a thousand euros, and the subscription That's was fifteen hundred su- euros for every six months.
0: Jeez. Okay, first, the word "subscription" is a red flag. <laughs>
1: Yes, but I'm thinking maybe the Serbemro slash Dark Sewer Network wants to get in on this kind of business. So this was a complete company that was put together mainly to help criminals. And it seems like the people using this, there were tens of thousands of people using this service. Uh, it said roughly 60,000 users worldwide and about 10,000 of them active only in the u k so this was being used I,
0: I feel like I missed out
1: for organized crime, yeah, I mean this is you know you're you're basically we're taking a cell phone, we're taking the bad stuff out, and we're putting our own operating system on and I guess you have to really trust uh, I the mean, people' that's, that's
0: open source
1: yeah, you have to really trust the people though selling this service and uh, now a large number of people have been arrested due to this because of the fact the authorities From it looked like the Netherlands and the UK were able to allegedly hack into this system. And this is where I start having dude named Ben questions, which is how do we know that this wasn't like a CIA op in the beginning? (laughs) That was like, hey, we have these devices you could buy. Uh yeah. I mean, who how do you trust the people running this in the first place? How does this company even get started?
0: I think it's probably safe to assume that if anything happens in the world, it's probably a CIA op.
1: Yeah. It may be It said in the U.K.
0: I I don't think that's true, but I think it's safe to assume
1: it's said that uh, they used the information to arrest 746 suspects as part of the U.K.'s biggest ever law enforcement operation dubbed Operation Venetic. What does Venetic mean? Uh, They seized over 54 million pounds in criminal cash. I thought this was funny. Seventy seven firearms. I'm like, there are people that own seventy seven firearms. But including an AK forty seven submachine gun, handguns, four grenades, and get this Sir Bemrose over eighteen hundred rounds of ammunition. It's like, what's eighteen hundred rounds of ammunition? I could get eighteen hundred rounds of ammunition, and that wouldn't even last a lot of people a couple days out at the range. But
0: I don't know those four grenades could be a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> the grenades, yeah. You could have some fun, especially on the fourth of July with some grenades. More than two tons. Uh, I mean, of drugs, I mean, class I, go out, A I go out
0: to the reservation where they have absolutely no state or federal restrictions on what kind of fireworks they can sell. You can practically buy grenades out there. Fun. Over 28
1: yeah. million Etizolam pills, street Valium, they said, Etizolam, E-T-I-Z-O-L-A-M, street Valium, 28 million pills, and then 55 high-value cars and 73 luxury watches. It said they started investigating them in 2017 after finding that the devices using french servers which uh no agenda uses french servers this is this is some conspiracy are, theory are here you,
0: are you trying to tell me that no agenda had something to do with this
1: uh, no 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 not at all uh they were regularly being seized in operations and they say uh, now this is where it is again very vague and i get it law enforcement's always very vague eventually europol explained It was possible to put a technical device, whatever that means, in place to go beyond the encryption technique and have access to the user's correspondence. So I guess the intriguing thing here is, though, uh, more questions for me is you buy these devices. They're not tied to any address, any person. This is basically like, say, you're able to pick up one of these devices somewhere on the street. How do they track these things then to the individual people unless they gave their own information? I mean, you would have I, I'm, to.
0: I'm more wondering about the business model. how How do they how do they get you to pay fifteen hundred euros a month or, or pounds if if they don't have some place to bill you at? I mean, I'm, these are I'm if guessing these are criminals.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing they're using a similar system, perhaps to what Malvad, a legitimate VPN, is using, which one of the options is you have a 16 all the only thing that you have you don't even have a login when it comes to mulvad so it's like there has to be a way for somebody to hack and crack and get access to other people's accounts because they just give you a 16 digit number that's all you have and you can send cash in so a way to make payment to mulvad i'm assuming with this encro chat the same way you have an id number you send them cash and you trust that if you send them your 1500 euro They're going to add six months onto your account. And I don't know why they wouldn't, because then they want you to come back six months later.
0: I I, I mean, if they're if they're good business people, then yeah. So that's the
1: way that may be done. So that part I get. I do. Why
0: is it, by the way, just side note, why is it that uh, the people with the most business integrity these days are the criminals? I don't know.
1: but That does seem to be the case. And, uh, you know, they were trying to protect the privacy of these poor people who then got targeted by the authorities in the netherlands france um in uh, the uk Europol, and uh but i'm kind of curious on how they broke the encryption because we've talked a lot about encryption um i mean i guess there are if you can actually get access to the physical server i'm guessing things get a lot easier but with that said if you're a criminal and you have one of these devices the only way you're most likely getting caught is you're setting up your big drug deals and you're giving the location because otherwise that they still can't find you the phone has no gps in it i mean they would have to track you by ip address and i'm assuming these phones i didn't see this in any of the articles but i'm assuming these phones bounced your information through multiple vpns as part as your 1500 euro every six months well, you'd
0: like to think
1: yeah i would hope this doesn't
0: uh track you down maybe they bounce it off the no agenda servers in france (laughs) maybe
1: but i thought that was interesting because we're hearing how hard it was even for the fbi to break into one guy's apple iphone you know but these guys took down you know tens of thousands of criminals doing bad things by allegedly breaking the encryption and this i thought was the funniest thing about the article was that the company put out this emergency message. Once they realized what was going on, emergency for Encro users. Today, we had our domain seized illegally by government entities. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, really? Uh,
0: illegally? Well, okay. For, first of all, um, it, there, there is the argument to be made that if the government did it, it was legal. Uh, uh, however, I don't buy that argument, and they might have have very much abandoned the rule of law, gone against the rules on board, and said ends justify the means
1: it is possible that is true that says they repurposed our domain to launch a malware campaign against the carbon to weaken its security due to the level of sophistication of the attack and the malware code we can no longer guarantee the security of your device we took immediate action on our network by disabling connectivity to combat the attack but you are advised to power off and physically dispose of your device immediately
0: and and also, by the way, we're we're going to go ahead and pocket your fifteen hundred dollars for this month.
1: Well, yeah, we, we have no place to send it. They don't exactly have a, you know, allegedly a return address. So <laughs>
0: that is an important logistical note.
1: Yes. How do I get you your money back? It's not important. You're probably going to be in prison yeah.
0: now. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not like you're going to be able to spend it where you're going.
1: Right. And I wonder now, is it legal to run the network? Because again, you're just running a privacy-based network for people that want to protect their anonymity and privacy. You're not actually this is kind of the this would be like the Pirate Bay concept of, yeah, I'm just a website. We don't host any of these files. We're just uh, here. I mean,
0: the the simple answer is is yes, it is illegal because the government wants it to be illegal because the ends justify the means. And if you are facilitating something that they've decided is criminal, then you are automatically criminal because you're somewhere in the supply chain.
1: That is. Yeah. And it's going, like they say, it's going to have echoes in the criminal circles for many years to come. Cause I'm assuming a lot of people haven't been picked up yet, but anybody that was actually eh. using these devices, uh,
0: if there's one thing I know about technology, it's that the, the moment that they lock down and destroy one dark web technology Uh, Three more pop up that you will that'll be even more difficult to find out about. Yeah. Uh, Most of these illicit networks are uh, the major strength is that nobody knows that they even exist.
1: Yeah, I'd never heard of this. I never heard of such a thing going on that especially not something with 60,000 people paying thousands of dollars. You're not into enough shady business. No, I know. I need more shady business. I need to hang out with Nick the Ratmore. And he is allegedly going to be joining us on the next episode. So that'll be a lot of fun. I heard that. We, t- we talked to I, Nick I the heard, other night.
0: I heard from some some guest on Nick's show that, that wanted to talk about nothing but me.
1: Right. Well, and I, We barely talked about you, but it was a lot of fun talking to Nick the Rat out in the sewer, NickTheRatRadio.com. Nick's a very funny guy, a very smart guy. He's always entertaining to listen to. And uh, yeah. I think, he, you know, he's like, well, you know, you've never I'm, you've never invited me from Bill gonna- Ben's.
0: I'm going to out one of Nick's deepest secrets is that he once told me, he said, one of the reasons why he uses the whiny rat voice is that he wants to disguise his true range.
1: He has a lot of range.
0: He has a lot of range and uh, I'm, I'm waiting for him to come out and he'll, he'll sound like, uh, I don't know if he's going to sound like Adam or John on the next episode, or maybe he'll be, you know, maybe the, the entire episode will, will actually be a Buford voice. Maybe I'd love to, I'd love to hear his impression of Buford T. Or maybe just his impression of fake Buford tea. I don't know which is which.
1: Could be, and uh, you know he knows what's going on, and he wants he wanted to do a little a tech talk, and uh, we were also Billy Bones was on Hog Story last night, and they were talking about Grumpy Old Ben's 'cause because we are, I think the uh, the trendiest podcast. Now I think uh, w- well, because I, Hog I don't Story know about
0: trendy, but we we are clearly the most important thing.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, Hog Story used to call themselves the trendiest podcast, but they were talking about us. So obviously, we are we have to uh, be more trendy if another podcast is talking about us. So um, they wanted Carolyn Blaney, who's going to be coming on a future show, wants us to do a little more like how to things, you know, like how to do things on your PC, different ways people can make themselves safer, different Wait, things. To has you. she
0: ever listened to Grumpy Old Ben's? Do I sound like the kind of person? Who is patient enough to teach anybody anything? I don't know. Bemlet,
1: your brother, Tony, you taught him algebra. So and he said you were very patient. (laughs) And that that worked. Yeah. Very patient. Indeed. So you know, we'll get along. We need to start adding some of those segments in, like just how to, you know, set up. She says she
0: will bring the trendiness with her. So that's good. We would have that.
1: Yeah, it's good. We've we've got to have somebody doing that. But Nick will be coming in. That'll be exciting. We talked to Billy Bones. It's a. I, uh, I
0: know what you're doing here, by the way. This hasn't escaped me. You co shopping. Are all of these guests, you are auditioning yeah. for my replacement.
1: Co host shopping. I mean, I, you know, you're, you're the one that brought our buddy in from Who Are These Podcasts. And he was uh, very clear that you can jettison your co host and keep going. And I was very interested in, in that particular concept. So, uh,
0: well, he also has rotating co-hosts because none of them can stand him for every episode. I think
1: <laughs> See, that's better. Uh, that
0: he can't stand them. I go. There's something going on.
1: Yeah. And uh, it's interesting because after we talked to him on uh, the show just a few episodes ago, now he's got an advertiser. So in this world of deplatforming, do you know who the <laughs> yeah. advertiser is?
0: Uh, I, I suspect I'm going to find out in in about 45 minutes. He, he goes live. Um. Although we'll probably still be talking, I, I'm, <laughs> the nice. number of notes I still have. Um. But he is apparently recording live today instead. He usually records live on Saturday, so uh, I may have to cut this short because, of course, I have to go and because uh, you're a fanboy. If anybody is wondering, we we are talking about the guest we had on uh what a week and a half, two weeks ago. Yes, uh, Carl, Carl, Sir Carl with a K from Who Are These Podcasts. You are listening to Grumpy Old Bens
1: whether you want to or not it's on your podcast player it must be there for a reason
0: uh i i I had another story I, i forgot to slip this in but i wanted to just mention the uh uh the on on the topic of uh the the mayor whose house got uh protested um there was actually a mayor in western washington who has called blm domestic terrorism Uh, It was the Democrat mayor of Olympia, Washington, the state capital, and she decided to call BLM domestic terrorists after they trashed her home. Well, that
1: would be definitely a good reason to do so.
0: Um, I don't have a lot there. Um, I'll put the story in the show notes, but I I just had wanted to slip that in with with the story about Jenny Durkin's house being protested because uh, a couple choice quotes from Cheryl Selby, the the Democrat mayor of Olympia who um, like most left coast Democrats was probably all on board with them when they were protesting and destroying downtown and not destroying their personal houses. But she said, uh, quote, it's like domestic terrorism. It's unfair. It hurts when you're giving so much to your community. Uh, she also argued that she was facing three crises at once, COVID-19 homelessness and 400 years of racial injustice. <laughs>
1: Oh, all at once, huh? That just all hit her? All at once. Yeah, that is a bad day. <laughs> that is a really bad day. But Trump also called them, I believe, a domestic terrorist organization. And the media went nuts. And Kaylee, oh, man, I love Kaylee. She is the ultimate mean girl that always seems to have a quip. She
0: she is very appropriate for that spot because the, the White House press corps are a hostile occupying force and she is exactly the defender that this time and place needs yes
1: because you know of course they're like well and she's like well it's the group and people are like well how do you, how, how, you and i you noticed
0: to, you didn't try to pronounce her last name
1: McInerney. i mean i always butcher that one i mean just go with kaylee it's much easier yeah much easier I, to do I think that it's
0: mackinney but i
1: i don't know. but somebody you know like well how do you separate you know what I mean, but you're how do people know you're talking about the group you're, you're saying Black Lives Matter and she's like, "Well, what's the group's name?" and they're like, "Black Lives Matter." And she's like, "Thank you." And that was it. It's like, there you go. With this is why they called the group Black Lives Matter. That is genius. They it, were it's absolutely confusion.
0: Yes. It, it it's it's like when you when you name your legislation the the, you know, Saving Children from Pedophiles Act and it enables people, you know, all children to be put into a directory that's accessible by on on sex dungeons or something.
1: Well, welcome to social media.
0: I I'm not aware that that's actual legislation, although I wouldn't be surprised if it was introduced, just letting you know.
1: You know what what do you what's your take on the Justine Maxwell arrest and uh are we going um, to see She didn't kill herself. <laughs> she I don't know. That would be a little too on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> and uh I don't think the I don't world know,
0: I, I I heard a couple weeks ago that Aunt Jemima had dirt that would put Hillary Clinton in jail.
1: Yeah, and Uncle Ben they definitely yeah. they don't want to be hanging out in any hot tubs or small aircraft. It's going to be an interesting story to watch just because the fallout yeah. is a lot of people involved in politics.
0: Uh, you know, to be honest, aside from the meme value, I honestly don't think that the the Epstein thing or the you know, it's it's considered a conspiracy theory to say that, uh you know, the the power structures in the halls of Washington, D.C are completely full of pedophiles. And I, I don't know if I believe that or not. I, I, I don't have to make that decision. So I don't, it's, it's one of the beauties of not giving fucks. Um, but whether it's true or not, I have no hope whatsoever that it will lead to say thousands of sealed indictments coming out or, or anybody being arrested for the crime of being a greasy political piece of shit. Um, which they all should be arrested for just about. But it, uh, unless something useful comes out of all of this Epstein stuff, it's, it's worthy for the, the, I mean, you know, Epstein didn't kill himself was, was a really good meme that had a lot of staying power. And and I think it might be fading after what, eight months, but um, well, it's still so that,
1: much weird stuff going so far back in the past. Now there's Danny Masterson's under attack again for something he allegedly did like 20 years ago. You know, he's being accused of rape by different women. And it's I don't know. The 20 years thing really bothers me. The uh, raped by different women. Well, yeah, I guess. You know, I think it was the other way around. And there was the other comedian, the guy that was on Whitney. What's his name? Chris something or other. They were talking about him on Hog Story the other night. And the concept of what the media does was never as clear again as it was reporting. Chris D'Elia, I think his name is. Uh, the reporting on this which showed messages between him and a girl who was 17 at the time and they showed you know a kind of a very more than flirtatious text going back and forth but what was then provided by his people was him finding out that she was 17 and she's uh he, he said something like well you know i wait you were at my show the other night it was 18 and over only. And he's like, oh, 17. Oh, he's like, okay, sorry, gotta go. And never spoke to her again. But they cut that part out. They cut that it, part it, it out of the. Say. Yeah.
0: It's like. I'm yeah. sorry, creative editing to, cre- uh, to push a narrative. Yeah. Uh, how, how does that happen? That's never happened before in the media, except every single time that CNN broadcasts or MSNBC or Fox News.
1: Yes. Which is why you can no longer believe anything that you see on the news. Read anywhere. It's all it's all just a crap show. It really is, which is why it's vital. Which is why the No Agenda show, I think, is one of the most vital podcasts out there. I hope our show is as well.
0: And the Grumpy Old Ben's show. Right. To take these this things
1: and to look at these stories and go We are
0: experts after all.
1: Right. We are experts and you want to look at these things and look for what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. And if you if you're not doing that, you're you're missing out on the fact that uh the world's lying. I know that's a surprise to Sir Bemrose.
0: Yeah, you don't say. Wait, yeah People are duplicitous? No. No, no, that so, can't
1: be. <clears throat>
0: um, I've got some stuff about contact tracing. Ooh.
1: I mean the apps aren't doing really well, I guess. People aren't no, the yeah.
0: <laughs> are yeah. rushing in to that. In in my notes it says from the surprise surprise department. Uh contract tracer apps are not really uh the <laughs> the 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 phrase used in the uh article in that was uh They are not the game changer that uh, people told us they were going to be. Uh, The uh, apparently the the people who pushed for contact tracer apps said that in order for the apps to be minimally effective, uh, you need sixty percent. This is uh, from researchers at Oxford who was uh, one of the teams that really pushed for the contact tracing apps to be developed and deployed. They said you need a minimum of 60% of the population to be carrying one of these apps around in their pocket in order for it to be effective at tracking the the progress of a virus. Uh let let that sink in a moment. sixty De- percent of people have to go download an app. Are we that stupid as as a collective culture?
1: Maybe, but I guess not yet. And the interesting well, the thing is statistics show not yet. <laughs> right. The statistics show that and when they pushed all of these things in the APIs of both the Apple and Android operating systems, I was I still, surprised. I
0: still have refused that update from Google.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? It, it, I've got the update, but it's not on because one, I don't use Bluetooth. And that is the breaking point there. Yep. And you still need to download the app. So it's just adding something to the operating system. And well, I'm surprised y- they y- didn't you do You also more.
0: need to make sure the service is off. Right. Because it. It collects data. The app is only exists to collate the data, to show it to you, and to send it to Google. But it's still collecting the data, whether you've got the app installed or not.
1: But it goes nowhere.
0: Theoretically. Right. Until, well, until your phone gets hacked by some nefarious organization like Google.
1: Yeah, I saw a story the other day again, which was, oh, Apple iPhones. They track everywhere you went. Go look. Here's how you can see it on a map. And I'm like, I read this story five or six years ago. I mean, yeah, this is nothing yeah, been new. A story
0: forever. Yeah. Uh, here is the reason why, you know, it, it is not a good argument to say, oh, the data is not going anywhere. Um, the, the numbers are, uh, actually the, so the, the highest install rate of any country for this app is apparently 38% of people in Iceland have installed the app and 37% in Singapore. And then everyone else is less than that. So with such low rates of installation on these apps, The next step is people saying, well, the apps aren't effective because installation was optional. And the next step after that is that Google is going to push out the app as a required update and all the data that you've been collecting is going to be automatically pushed up as soon as overnight while you're asleep, the app gets pushed onto your phone and all that data is sent up to the cloud. So you're not safe saying that you don't have the app.
1: Well, you are now, but shortly you won't be, which also will be a flood of people going to alternative operating systems
0: for their phones. Oh, if only I hope so. But we need uh, to teach
1: people how to do that. See, that's what hog story was talking about. We need to be the ones that say, hey, look, if you have a phone, here's what you need to add here. You need to learn about jailbreaking or you know opening up your phone. You need to learn about what a bootloader is, and you need to understand what you need to do to connect your phone to your computer if it's an Android phone or to jailbreak it if it's an iPhone, and do these things. And It's hard because every cell phone is a little different, but I think if we explain the process and put some links in to show people where to kind of get started, that could be useful.
0: I think it it probably could. It sounds like work, but if you remind me after the show, (laughs) it's important enough I might actually do it
1: yes it is
0: so i had two other two other notes on the contact tracing and they're they're related they're very related um the first is uh, apparently there was a, this is a story from about a week ago uh, a large party of 50 ish people in rockland new york where uh, at least one of the people at the party they said the they the, the the authorities say at least one of the people at the party had covid and so uh, you remember we had the story about New York City hiring a bunch of contact tracers, which is taking all of this contact tracing data that they have. Uh, they're doing it manually. They're paying people $70,000 a year, which actually is poverty line in New York. But yes, uh, to
1: go talk to people who probably to have COVID, to, people,
0: <laughs> to go to go track down anybody who has talked to anybody who has talked to anybody who has been listed as a covid patient uh, or a covid case. So. Uh, in Rockland, New York, um, there, the contact tracers were complaining that, uh, many of the people at this party were not answering their cell phones and not calling back. Uh, some others were denying being at the party when contacted by the contact tracing. Um, the, the word that they used was noncompliance with the contact tracing and, uh, the county exec for Rockland County said, uh, that the people who are not complying with contact tracers are demonstrating ignorance, stupidity, and obstinance. And he says, I am not going to stand idly by as you risk the health of this County. The, um, in order to, uh, prevent, or yeah, I am not going to stand idly by as you risk the health of this County is what he said. And the, the result is that they have decided that they are going to fine everybody who refuses to talk to a contact tracer. By the way, I, Sir Pemrose, I am on board with never talk to government officials unless you need something from them. When they contact you out of the blue, they probably are up to no good and that you're probably not going to enjoy it. So don't bend over if you can, don't talk to them. However, the county exec has decided that they are going to fine $2,000 a day for anybody who refuses to talk to a contact tracer in New York
1: that's so, not cheap. um
0: that's uh yeah if if you decide that you don't want to uh interact with the the, the gestapo uh, the contact tracers um it, they they're going to try to find now i personally it it turns out after uh, a lot of pushback um all they were able to get in contact with everybody that they wanted to they didn't end up issuing the fines I find that disappointing because I would love to have seen somebody get fined and then lawyer up and go to court because uh, um, we the the county exec of Rockland County, New York might not understand or realize this because he probably never read the document. But there is a thing in this country called the Fifth Amendment, um, the, the right to remain silent, which was affirmed by Miranda versus Arizona in 1966, which is the thing that led to. Every single cop, whenever you're under arrest, always having to say you have the right to remain silent. Um, It's uh,
1: anything you say can and will be held against you.
0: Would have been awesome seeing that go to court. Yeah. But here's here's the second story, which is kind of related because we've just demonstrated why you always have to respond to these people, lest the government come down and start fining you. And you know that if they ignored the fines, they were going to go to jail and the government would send people with guns to your house that's how government works
1: or census workers
0: so okay census workers with guns possibly so now that we have firmly demonstrated that you absolutely have to respond to these contact tracers or face the consequences here's the other story fraudsters are posing as contact tracers uh the uh where is this uh the cases are reported. Uh, the two people that they interviewed was a BBB spokesman from Chicago and uh, a local um, sheriff's office from Texas, both of whom said that they had received more than one report of people contacting citizens and posing as contact tracers trying to, you know, because here's the way this works. If you are afraid because they tell you that you might have this virus that we've all been told to fear for our lives for the last half a year. Uh, if if you are now suddenly afraid because you've got this virus, suddenly you're not thinking right, you're, you're thinking with your amygdala, uh, you're not applying reason, and they can do things like, say, and if you give us your bank account, SSN, and credit card number, then uh, we'll go ahead and clear you of the virus or something like that. Um, so... There are scammers who are posing as contact tracers who are saying, uh, we think that you have the virus and you need to talk to us. And thanks to people like this Rockland County dickhead, um, you can't, you don't have the option of just hanging up, um, if they're legit, you have to know, or you have to talk to them, so or you'll get fined. So I don't know what you're supposed to do. Uh, personally, if it's me, I'd hang up, and if I they do decide to find me, I'll lawyer up, and I would totally use this fraudster story as uh, an argument. Well, but the one, fraudster article.
1: Yeah, I would think you're much safer if you force them to do it in person. Never answer the phone. Never, 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 never.
0: Yeah, if- I answer the phone if the number is in my contact list. If it's if it shows up as a number. It goes to voicemail. If they don't leave a voicemail, obviously, they didn't need to talk to me that much. Exactly.
1: Never answer the phone. And well, will also don't believe the caller ID. So, I mean, for people, you know, that's yeah. fine. But yeah,
0: that's the other the other thing the article mentioned is that even if there's a published number that it's supposed to come from, it is trivially easy to fake the caller ID.
1: Yes. Even though they're and, trying and suppose, to make that harder. But not I suppose
0: yet. that if somebody decided to to fake their caller ID and pose as Bemlet, they could get me to answer the phone. But I'll answer it rudely. Oh well, I have Bemlet's number, so I can do that. <laughs> yeah, and I'll be rude. Yes. Um. The so the the fraudster article uh recommends uh that you if somebody calls you and identifies as a contact tracer, they recommend that you hang up. And if you are concerned, you should call your local health department. They also note that legitimate contact tracers do not ask for personal information such as social security number, bank account, and credit card numbers. But apparently, at least if you're in New York City, they do ask for everywhere you've been and everyone you've talked to the last 14 days. So I don't know how you're supposed to resolve that. Um, it's an interesting situation that when you start getting all anti Fourth Amendment, unconstitutional, and finding people who don't talk to your government officials, you're opening the door for huge fraud.
1: You certainly are. And to be fair, the people doing the contact tracing, the concept is a good one i mean they're trying to figure out how the disease is spreading and if you do have it you want to you know again you kind of want to have that as far as being able to keep the pandemic in check if we're believing that it is real and we have to for a moment but let's just say if it's an actual not really deadly pandemic that is an important thing is due to the contact tracing but that does run afoul of a lot of things when it comes to Yeah, I just don't want to tell you,
0: I, I, you know, you can even make the argument and I'll listen to say that. Yeah, I just don't want to tell you is a terrible position to take. But I tell you what, I don't want to live in a society where people are not allowed to not take that position.
1: Yeah, it'd be easy for me. How many people have I come in contact with in the last 14 days? There's like
0: one. Yeah, well, I've got cats and who knows where (laughs) they and they
1: go out and they do bad things. And they bring virus back into the home. I just said they were cats. Right. But yeah, I mean, there's a a torn thing there. But yeah, never believe anybody that calls you. I feel bad for the people that are trying to do that job because they're literally trying to do a job and they're not bad people.
0: It's an awful job. No, the bad people are the authoritarians in charge of these cities who keep putting in unconstitutional policies.
1: They're tracking your cell phone anyway. I don't even know why they need to have contact tracers
0: because my cell phone's at home in a drawer most of the time so are
1: you though usually you're at home in a drawer
0: (laughs) yes so i didn't say that the information was inaccurate
1: i just said it's not that useful (laughs) true it is you know and it is a it's an interesting bit of technology to see as the world tries to grip uh, and come to you know grips with something like this and this is obviously not the worst pandemic we're going to see hopefully in our lifetime i mean well i'm not saying i'm hoping for worse but we're hoping that the end result of this one is the death rate is still pretty damn low and even though we're being
0: scared to death now yeah, with not, not nearly high enough
1: well that's why you're saying oh we're we're breaking we're breaking more daily cases than ever before and it's like well that's irrelevant
0: in fact, if if you're Bill Gates, you've got to be kicking yourself for not engineering something with a much higher death rate because this is not feeding into his, his plans for reducing overpopulation.
1: Well, yeah, and the people in Africa don't want to be guinea pigs anymore. Go figure. Um, oh,
0: yeah. I love that. That was that was was that random thoughts when you brought that up?
1: It might, well, it was on was, no agenda, too. But, yeah, that's. Oh, it was,
0: uh, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the idea that. I heard her first on random thoughts. I that's where I get most of my useful news. I'd just like you to know.
1: Which it should be uh, random thoughts, r-a-n-d-u-m b thoughts.com.
0: Yeah. Uh where where the the guinea pigs, the people they're testing the vaccine on are all Africans. Yes.
1: Nothing I, wrong. But black no. lives matter.
0: Yeah. Well. Oh, uh, maybe uh, maybe they're testing it in South Africa and only on whites.
1: Well, you do know what's going on there, which is the the white people are being hunted. I mean, that was a story that was big before the pandemic and before too much of the trump the, the,
0: the whites were always the minority there yeah I, okay but they owned land
1: and now wow. they were being hunted how in the street because you know for fairness fairness and all it's interesting how fairness plays out with homicides violence and uh, all sorts of bad things for fairness
0: yeah yes yes because that's fair um let's see uh i've got uh another tech story um this one about reddit which is uh one of your your favorite sites on i
1: never go to Reddit. Um, I, I mean I've, that you, was one thing i didn't I know really that
0: you you spend all your time on that no site no, that's you logging oh I, no actually not anymore i don't think i've posted there in in months well once but, they took uh, the
1: donald subreddit out there, yeah, man i'm well go- I'm the, I'm the,
0: the donald wasn't banned until a couple days ago but it was quarantined several months ago and long before that, they were. They were using all of their admin powers to try to convince people to leave, but they finally banned it a couple days ago. They uh, introduced a, uh, a policy and um, I, I wish I could read this, but it wasn't in my notes, but the, the policy, and I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes because it amazes me. Uh, Reddit has decided, they, they have all but stated that uh, they are okay with hate speech as long as it's against whites and the actual language is uh you know we they have the the stock boilerplate in every terms of service that we don't allow people to say hateful things on our platform however they have an addendum at the end of the the story which is uh this these protections do not apply if you uh oh here we go While the rule on hate protects such groups, it does not protect all groups or all forms of identity. For example, the rule does not protect groups of people who are in the majority. This is their out to literally say, we're okay with hate speech against whites. And even the language, you know, it doesn't matter what the language is because, uh, as we pointed out a couple times on this episode, the, the left has abandoned the rule of law, and the rules that will be enforced is what we say they are and not what's written down. But as written, um, w- would you like to guess what percentage of people in the world are quote unquote whites?
1: In the world or in the US? I mean, in the world, I would say. Uh, well, I don't know. It doesn't say the
0: majority of what, it just says people who are in the majority. I'm, I'm asking you about the world.
1: You know, I would think that the whites are not the majority in the world, because as of no, right now in it's, the U.S.,
0: it's, it's under 30 percent.
1: Yeah. In the U.S. now, you're a minority if you're going by young children. Uh, so it's, it's a greatly changing so, demographic.
0: So so Reddit has literally put into their terms of service, uh, you know, the 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 way that they're going to enforce it, I guarantee is they're going to do the same as Twitter, which is. They are going to give a pass to anybody who says hateful things that they agree with, and they are going to come down hard on people who say hateful things that they disagree with. But what they have put into their terms of service is literally you can say hateful things as long as they're against people who are in the majority. This, by the way, if you follow, if they followed the rule correctly, is a wide open door to hating on anybody with a vagina because there's more (laughs) women than men in the world.
1: Well, that's a good point women are targets it's yes. okay
0: it doesn't make um, any sense <laughs> uh hillary clinton got more votes than donald trump they the, that is a fact that every single democrat has tried to hammer into every argument they've ever made since 2016 that means they're in the majority so it's okay to hate on them right seems
1: to be if you know this whole concept that well you have power so you can't nobody can be hateful towards you it's like bullshit, just like you can't be racist against you can only be racist against people who aren't in power. It's like bullshit that's not the reality yeah, of it
0: that's that's not that's not how racism works but if you if you've redefined the term and everybody just goes with it then that it's the one of the reasons why the word racism is though as it's thrown about is practically meaningless uh you know despite the fact that there was a denotative meaning and it's the one that I always use when i when i use the term which is uh discriminating against people based on their skin color um and and yeah so reddit has i what blew me away about this was just that they were so brazen as saying yeah we're pretty much okay with hating on groups like that that shouldn't be okay no it shouldn't
1: nor should all of this stuff that is separating groups of people yet again i mean i thought. If I remember my history correctly and I know history is evil, but if I remember the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., his goal was to unite everybody for equality. And you don't have equality when people are in different groups and they're being treated differently. It just doesn't work that way. The you know the NFL now is saying, you know if they even have a season because of this this COVID and all. But they're saying now before the national anthem they're going to play what they're calling the black national anthem. I don't remember the name of the song. I had never heard of it before. And they're like, this is, you know, this is kind of the black national anthem. I, I guess I'm completely ignorant because I'd never heard of this song. Irregardless of
0: that. That's because there's not actually a black nation. Believe it or not. There's only supposed to be one nation of the United States.
1: Yes. One nation under God. Remember when that was the biggest thing? Well, we don't want God. Yeah.
0: The God part. You know, I, I, there was, there was a brief, at least locally, there was a brief period where there was a big thing where a lot of students in, in my school were refusing to say the Pledge of Allegiance. I even got sent to the principal's office once for refusing. And, and a lot of it was because people would refuse to say the word under God. And uh, when, even back then in what, like sixth grade, my reason for not saying the Pledge of Allegiance had nothing to do with God and everything to do with the flag as an inanimate object. And if I'm going to pledge allegiance to somebody, it will be a person whom I respect or or a, a cause that I believe in, not some piece of fabric that they hang in the corner of the room that represents, you know, things that nobody even practices in government anymore. I was a political even as a kid.
1: <laughs> and then you wonder why you're a podcaster?
0: I don't wonder. No. Um, another link that I want to throw into the show notes um, is uh, there. In fact, I'll, I might just throw in the Wikipedia link, but, or maybe I'll just read it to you. Uh, the, the concept is that you were we're just, just describing is called separate, but equal, which is a thing that is making a huge comeback. They, they literally want to have, you know, the whites sit in the back of the bus and separate bathrooms and, and blacks to be over that. That is what the California, repeal of prop 209 is for that is that is what the the wokists are pushing is the idea that you know we we can be separate in fact come to think of it, they're not even pushing separate but equal they're completely abandoning the equal part um but it, it's it's interesting that you know plessy versus ferguson was when the supreme court in 1896 decided that they wanted to allow state-sponsored segregation uh that was the point where they said it's okay That, that blacks have to eat in separate restaurants and go in separate bathrooms and separate this and separate that. And it, I think Plessy versus Ferguson is, is the case that brought in decades of, of further racial strife because they introduced the concept that states could enforce racism. And, uh, it wasn't until, uh, 1954 in, in a much more widely, uh, talked about case called brown versus board of education where the supreme court said uh and the 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 quotable line is from chief justice or warren where he said separate can never be equal and uh that was the right at the beginning of the civil rights era and there was a lot of people and a lot of strife and you know they had their their kent state moment and uh the we made a lot of progress. To, you know, once we stop institutionalizing, separating people by race, that was the very first step in trying to remove racism. And now we've got a huge population of kids who've never even bothered to read a Wikipedia article, let alone study history, who are saying we need more racism and we need to separate the races. Well, it's the only way to be fair. But they're not equal.
1: (laughs) I don't get it. I don't get it is such a big step backwards. I don't understand that concept, and I never will. The yeah. I mean, I thought we had a it was racist when, you know, a company wouldn't hire enough black people. Well, that was obviously racist because, well, you know, they, they, just, they just hire white people. And I talked about this at length, I'm sure, here and at Random Thoughts, where people hang out with people that have the similar viewpoints as them like similar food like similar bands like similar things you know a lot of people you know say it's, hey, it's dungeons and dragons i think we talked about that before it's like will you hang out with people that play D? that's a certain subset and maybe there's a demographic to that it's like a, do a lot of black people play dnd i don't know but there are things that are separated culturally i, I, I bet some of them exist i'm, I'm sure know. they do but this concept that if you have a company and you only hire white employees well then you're racist but if a black guy owns a company And he only hires black people. Well, then he's just helping out his community. So there's that double standard that has to be squashed. And the logic has to be
0: squashed that there is no logic, right? It it feels right to hire only black people. And it feels wrong to only hire white people. And those are the ends that they want to reach. And sometimes they use, they torture logic until they get, to the right conclusion and sometimes they just abandon logic and screech a lot but there's the rational thought has been thrown out the window they're not even hiding it anymore
1: well they can't because how does the left tell you right now that you can't hire somebody based upon their sex or their color when they specifically said months ago already joe biden's going to pick a woman of color to be vice president we don't care what the qualifications are she if the person's got a vagina could even be trans i don't know but if she got a vagina and her skin is dark enough i don't know if they're gonna pull the little paper bag all the paper bag out you know you're
0: being sexist against all the women who have penises you know i know
1: so i don't know if they're gonna pull out the little gauge and how if the person has a dark enough uh in their skin you know enough melatonin you know the what do you yeah that's melatonin right am i thinking of the right word here
0: no melatonin puts you to sleep you're thinking melanin
1: melanin yes so okay you have enough of that and you have a vagina that's the only way you could be vice president for joe biden and if that's not sexist and And if that's not not racist come on
0: they're they're not even following that rule because apparently they're considering michelle obama now
1: wow i'm not touching that one i am not touching that one don't buy into that conspiracy theory (laughs) michelle obama seems like a very bright lady i don't
0: conspiracy theory and therefore it entertains me that's all true
1: and some people believe in that stuff and it's like you're so wasting your time on things that don't matter she she,
0: admittedly this this doesn't disqualify but she does look a little like a man
1: (laughs) (laughs) why see again i don't really buy into that guy
0: but Uh, ryan at (laughs) grumpyoldbens.com, send all your hate mail
1: yes please send all your hate mail to ryan you know i'm from she's from chicago i can get behind that and i've said that with barack too so you're you are admitting she's corrupt well, of course, if you're from Chicago, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't sit down and have a conversation. I don't understand the people like that either who are, you know, when Vince Vaughn took all that, he like, how could you even shake hands with the president? I'm like, I don't know if I got a chance to meet Barack Obama. I would have shook his hand, said, hello, sir. Y- nice you to know, meet if you. If I
0: could have a civil conversation that involved rational discussion over coffee. I would love to. Yeah, I I'm I'm reaching a point and I, I hate that I'm getting this way, but I'm reaching a point where. A lot of people who, who lead with shrieky talking points from the these SJW movements or whatever, I, I, I'm starting to pre-assume that I'm not going to get any rational conversation out of them. And I, it, it, it's right more often than not. But I hate myself for thinking that because that leads to a closed mind.
1: Well, it's because the minute Donald Trump got elected, they went to resist, resist everything he does. And that isn't rational. When Obama got elected, I didn't say resist everything he did. I said let's see what he's going to do. And you yeah. have to take and then every he did policy a bunch of things that needed to be resisted. Well, he obviously didn't do anything to help race relations. I'll tell you that. <laughs>
0: no. Funny, funny all these systematic things that that are Trump's fault Obama didn't fix.
1: Yes. 8 years Obama and Biden had but didn't dismantle the systematic racism in the country. How is that possible? You know why? Because nobody saw a systematic racism in the United States when we elected a black president by a landslide. But so I, got, I digress. I got, I'm using logic got, again. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Stop it. You you would make a terrible wokist. <laughs> yeah, I, I would because
1: I keep wanting to go the logical route and not just say
0: my feelings are hurt.
1: Donald Trump's a bad person.
0: So I've I've got I've got two more things uh, on my notes. Uh, I've got Trump and I've got Tesla. It's just
1: a choice. Do I have a, which we like rolling the dice here. I rolled a well, I'm probably 10. probably going to end up
0: talking about both? But I was giving you, I was trying to give you the illusion of, of being able to control the conversation be, of having
1: way. any control of the podcast whatsoever. Okay. Hit yeah. me with Tesla. And now you'll go to, okay.
0: Uh, so back in December, uh, there was an incident where a Tesla uh, was on, on a road. It was at night. There was a, a cop on the side of the road who had pulled over uh, another car and the tesla going full speed slammed into the back of the cop car uh pushed the cop car into the other car um seriously shook up the driver in the second car and killed the cop uh at the time the argument was the driver had said he put the car in autopilot because he was checking on his dog in the back seat uh and this understandably made everybody lose their minds because oh my god self-driving cars are awful Uh, you know that was that was half of it and others eh. so uh first of all i would like to point out that if if you take out the tesla part and you take out the autopilot part this is something that can easily happen and does happen a couple times a year all over the place with drivers who are you know looking forward at the wheel and haven't asked their car uh, you know, there, there's a thing called target fixation where, especially at night, if you're driving along and there's a blinking light on the side of the road and you're not thinking very clearly cause you might be tired or something, you're going to stare at that light and you're slowly going to veer directly toward it. And and this is something, this is a reason, by the way, when a lot of cops, when they pull people off to the side of the road, they'll turn off the blinking lights behind and only leave, say the, the taillights. So you can tell that there's a car there, but you're not giving people something to fixate on and, and ram into the back of the car. But this became a story because it was a Tesla, because it was auto drive uh, going on. Um, the The big story now is that uh, they, they were able to, uh, after apparently six months, seven months worth of investigation, they were able to confirm with Tesla's uh, assistance that, yes, auto drive was on at the time. However, the driver is being charged for negligent driving because even Tesla's manual says, don't take your eyes off the road. Don't take your hands off the steering wheel. Pay attention when this happens, which, by the way, if you know anything about the way humans work, is very difficult. Because if you're, if you're consistently engaged in driving, you're going to be paying attention. But if you're just kind of sitting there letting the car do its thing, you're going to nod off. Your mind's going to wander.
1: Yes, and it only takes a split second for something to go horribly wrong
0: but this wasn't a mind wandering thing this was this was the dude admitted to uh take you know getting completely out of driving mode and looking in the back seat or something i uh, i I kind of understand that that the driver's being charged uh i I just thought it was it was interesting to uh bring out the story. I was wondering if if you had you know an opinion on uh oh. Do you think that that all uh, automation of driving should be scrapped after this?
1: No, but I would say nobody should be trusting this at this point yet. I don't believe we're going to have a system where, again, the utopian world where the self-driving cars are safer than humans and never cause an accident or almost never statistically, almost never, let's say, I think is still probably a decade or more away and
0: it might it might be farther
1: yeah you know at least a decade because i think in order for this all to become you know to the safety point that we would want as a society all of the roads are going to have to be retrofitted with sensors and stuff like that all of the vehicles are going to have to have sensors if you get to that point to where the roads have sensors and especially when construction and stuff like that's being done and every vehicle has a working sensor, which is also the problem because if you're relying on something, you know, in a semi truck to make sure a car doesn't come smash into it and that fails, which technology fails, there are just still so many questions, so many moving parts, weather is involved. You know, you could have a blown tire. There's so many things that can happen that having a computerized system that is better than a human being can process and act i yeah i do think we're still quite a bit away from that i wouldn't scrap everything uh, but it's a it, nice tool it, it,
0: it might surprise you to learn uh after what you just said that uh they you know statistically now now admittedly you know statistics so they could uh, which is another word for lies but statistically per mile driven uh self-driving cars are already safer than humans nice
1: but now are they <laughs> driving the same because I can also see there's more no, safety there's, in there's certain areas. There's a lot areas. of special
0: cases and, yes. and, and caveats to it. But uh, it, the, the technology is pretty good. I think that the real fault here, the real problem is unreasonable expectations of, uh, oh, it's a self-driving car, therefore it's safe. Yes. Yeah, no. so
1: it's never going to smash into the it, back of another vehicle. Humans have been
0: driving cars for more than 100 years, and they're not safe. You, you need to pay some freaking attention on the road. We are not yet at, we are not at a point where you can just beg off and, and play cards or solitaire or, or, you know, masturbate or whatever in the car while the car does its own thing. Um, you you're, you're, we're not at that point of safety and I don't think we ever will be not, not until, you know, there, there, there is a type of transportation that can That you can completely ignore. Um, Actually, no, let me back up. I was about to say trains where you can just sit there and be a passenger. But in every case, you know, cars, trains, automobiles, the only point where you don't need to pay any attention to the road is when somebody else is doing that for you. Yeah. That's the only way. Trains
1: maybe could be automated hundred percent but you yeah. still want the person going it's, huh, it's
0: difficult for them to swerve
1: yeah and it's like well it, but it's like look i can see that there's a semi truck you know and again sensors i guess could do that on the tracks or uh you know a break yeah, in but, the track but like or you something. said
0: sensors fail
1: yes and when the sensors fail that's when things get real
0: uh, i mean uh, for, uh, you know d- but the the fact is you are never ever going to get to a hundred percent safety but to get from from four sigma safety to five sigma safety you you add extra you know which is what a factor of 10 ish or so um, y- you add more layers of uh, of backups. You don't put all of your safety on one system you know it's it's great that the car is going to drive by itself, but you need a backup system for when the car sensor fails or something fails uh we're a long way before sufficient backup systems are in the cars so yeah for the foreseeable future i don't care what your car is is doing by itself you are you are the one responsible for what the car does
1: yes and i don't think people should ever be you know that should never be wiped away which is no 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 sue tesla they're the they're the ones you should be putting in jail or suing
0: frightening can of worms Uh uh-huh Also, that would destroy Silicon Valley if if we ever managed to shift liability like that.
1: Wait, wait, that would destroy. Okay, now you're changing my mind. That would destroy Silicon Valley. (laughs) That's not a bad idea. Then let's do that. We've
0: had this conversation before. It was called Section 230. See, okay. if if Silicon Valley were ever held responsible for the consequences of the the motto, move fast and break things, (laughs) then you would see a lot more moving slowly and getting it right, which wouldn't be bad. I you know there are benefits, and i I'd be willing to listen to that argument if it came in a rational conversation. I have a kicker on the Tesla story though um uh Elon Musk in January said that they were uh they were pursuing a significant foundational rewrite in the Tesla autopilot uh and two weeks ago the Tesla announced that they are uh entering the testing phase for a complete rewrite of the autopilot um and it it sounds good on paper that, that they would be rewriting it, and, and there's a good chance that it could uh, ultimately result in a much better product later. But let me tell you, um, I've used V1 of many products before, <laughs> and I would not want to be the one standing in the roadway when their brand new complete rewrite of Tesla's autopilot was being tested in V1.
1: Yeah, you don't see there's a lot of times you're like, OK, yeah, I'm, I use a piece of software. You know, should we send you beta versions to test? Yeah, you know, some things you're like, yeah, that would be great. That'd be cool, like to see what's coming. Not with your car.
0: Yeah, I fully get the programmer's impulse that uh you know, every once in a while if if code is a buggy hacky mess, you just need to throw it out and rewrite. But the simple fact that programmers, being the vain people they are, trust me I know as one of them, uh programmers do not like to talk about this, but software has bugs. The most bugs always appear in new software and because old software generally has been tested more i would love and so you you completely rewrite something you're gonna get new bugs it's guaranteed yeah and i Just would love know what they are yet
1: to see a breakdown a video of somebody showing exactly what a tesla is processing while on the road every second you know what are the sensors what is it you know obviously it's got video sensors it's got radar it's got out there you know, that would be interesting to see exactly how this system works and exactly how it's going. Let's see. Is that a, you know, grocery bag in the street or is that a kid?
0: Well, okay, not, not Tesla, but you, you can see exactly how the uh, Google self-driving system is going every single time you try to go log into a website. <laughs> but, but I'm going to table that one because I have lots of rant about recaptcha that I think is not now is not the time. We're over 2 hours.
1: Right, you got a Trump story before we get out of here?
0: Uh, I sort of it's it's a Trump sort of. executive order. Well, it, no, it is a Trump story sort of. It, it, okay, I keep saying sort of. <laughs> Trump uh President Trump issued an executive order and this one this one feels a little bit dry. Uh but uh it has a punchline, trust me. Um the executive order is uh to remove credential requirements from most federal jobs. Uh his his order s- says that federal agencies must fill job openings based on the specific skills and competencies the positions require rather than uh requiring degrees or credentials. Um so the the recommendation is that when federal um, org- agencies and organizations are hiring, they need to Based on merit uh, and not based on credentials. The reason is that uh, fully 35% of federal jobs, job listings in 2019 required a master's degree and close to 70% required a bachelor's degree. And the interesting statistic is that uh, most of the uh, more, more than half of the existing workers in many departments do not qualify for their, their job because they don't have the required degree or they don't have this, or they don't have that. However, they're very good at the job because they've been doing it the whole time. So uh, this executive order pushes for more internal hires, hiring based on merit, hiring based on specific skills and competencies. Um, It allows you to put in requirements of an education degree only when you can prove that the degree is relevant to the job requirements. So what he's doing is he is ordering federal institutions and federal agencies to no longer just say, oh, you have to have a bachelor's degree or, oh, you have to have a master's degree in order to weed out job applications. Um, the the reason, you know, I, 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 I warned you it was dry. Um, well, it's not. The reason this is- it's
1: really not dry because this is something that if you want to talk about helping the black community or helping, uh, the, anybody that comes into this country this yeah. is a way to open up those jobs to people that can do them but ones that either couldn't afford the traditional education which we know is bull crap i mean the whole yeah. concept of universities and college is just a big bill for very little payoff and basically what this it, does it, is say it. it doesn't matter who you are if you want to go online and learn how to do this job. You don't need a degree from some fancy college. You don't need to pay twenty thousand dollars a year to take the classes. Go learn how to do it and then apply and will we'll, you'll get hired.
0: And you just you just nailed it right on the head. The the one thing I would change is it it is not uh I, I would not say black communities so much as I would say uh this isn't a, a race thing. The this right. does, however, it's a class thing. Yes. Uh the the people and and you you absolutely nailed it with the you know uh, the, the federal hiring requirements, such as they have been, have always been completely excluding anybody who can't afford to go to college. Um, this is, you know, if, if you are looking for a genuine way to help out underprivileged classes in this country, this is a way to do it. So, and, and, you know, there's two ways to see it. If you're a Trump supporter, that, that is really the takeaway. Um, this is a genuine move. This is not hugely political. In fact, it was hard to find stories on it.
1: Um well, that's but, because it can't be spun in a way that the uh, Black Lives Matter people would like.
0: Oh, that's that might be it or or just the, you know, the the democrat. But this is a way that that President Trump is actually helping out the underclasses and reducing some of the the class barriers to becoming hired getting jobs and and the you know the one thing that as president he has direct control over is is federal agencies but i'm sure that that you know if if you think this is a good idea then it would be great to encourage it in private industry as well because how many jobs out there where they say you have to have a bachelor's degree in order to apply is like that you're welding pipe what why would you even need a degree for this you
1: and know, then there's that very racist sounding master degree
0: yeah. <laughs> I didn't even I i don't want to go there. Well, and I think uh, if
1: I'm not mistaken, there's a whole website where celebs teach their craft. And I mean Steve Martin's on there doing comedy. Uh there was a bunch of good stuff. Yeah. But I think Oprah's I, on there and it's called master classes. So I mean that's gonna have to be changed.
0: <laughs> well, You're- yeah, you YouTube is out there now. A lot of people learn things on their own, completely outside by watching demonstration videos. Some people, mostly older people still remember how to read and therefore can read texts that describe how to do it. it, it the, the idea that universities should have a monopoly on creating employable people is antiquated. And uh, yes. I'm, I'm honestly pleased to see it coming down. And that was, that was really what struck me about this. Cause it, it felt dry say, Oh, the uh, federal agencies hiring, but, you know what this is if if i may if i may project onto president trump which is probably wrong but i'm going to do it um this is a gigantic finger to the college system yes this is this is fuck you you are not as important in today's world as you think you are and you're a corrupt institution
1: a vast majority of the people that i know that went through college got bachelor's degrees or masters or doctorates I mean, doctor. It's okay, if you're an actual doctor, I get it, but for a vast majority of people, will tell you their degree barely helped them once they got into the real yeah. world.
0: Well, they, they, even, even in 1998, when I was barely escaping the public in university system, I recognized right then and there that what a degree is, is a piece of paper that says nothing more then you spent four years of your life to get a piece of paper drinking heavily partying. I I did once, once you make that realization, drinking heavily is the only option. You're like, I
1: earned that piece of
0: paper, man. I I am spending so much money to and all of this time in my life to get a piece of paper that says nothing more than I got a piece of paper. And that's what it is. And with all of these jobs that are like, you must have a, the, the, the industry that I went into computer science, uh, programming, I don't, you know, most companies out there say you do, you might as well not apply if you don't have a bachelor's degree, which is stupid because I didn't learn jack about programming from my classes in college. You know how I learned about programming in college? I went off and I, I installed red, you know, red hat 1.0. Uh, I in, you know, installed a compiler. I went and hacked my own stuff. I hacked the university system, got banned from the university system for a fork bomb for two weeks for that one. I I I went in and I did my own projects. I taught myself how to program while in the presence of all of these resources. My classes taught me jack shit.
1: Well, and the reality of this country is there aren't as nearly as many racial problems as there are economic problems. And that is absolutely the case. You're not really judged most of the time in things that really matter. I mean, there are some racist assholes, don't get me wrong. But for most things, it's your education level that, or your economic level that is keeping you from getting what you want for achieving the things you want. And this is oddly enough, a huge jump, which is something you don't don't really think politicians doing things that make real change. This seems to be a case where it actually can, if this is followed through, because this will open up really good jobs i mean government jobs you know besides hating the government and knowing they're way too big cuz we're all paying the salary for these jobs hey,
0: i i tell you from experience hating the government is a full time job it's a full time gig
1: but if you can get a government gig those are the good gigs you get pensions you get health care you get lots of good stuff so if this is opening up all sorts of good jobs to people who don't have to go to college and learn you know get a degree that's pretty much useless This is a huge, huge thing because this opens doors. I mean, everything that I've done that I've really made any money at, I didn't learn in college. I mean, I wrote software, made a bunch of money for a couple of years, selling it on eBay. That I learned myself. I've done web design for decades. That was all self-taught. The internet didn't exist when I was in college. So, I mean, there's that. The world changes and you pivot. And I, you know, besides meeting some nice people People and friends and having a good time while being in college it really the degree itself the knowledge you got there, not all that helpful so kudos to donald trump for doing something that can actually make a difference and this can open up hey if you're looking for a job because everybody's got broadband that's a right i mean we know that from the un but you can get on the internet and learn how to do this stuff so rather than Having your application automatically shit canned because it doesn't say you have a degree. Now, if you walk in and they have to give you, you know, a hundred question test or whatever it is for the job to be like, okay, we need to
0: make sure you know or, how to do this. Or, or here's, here's an old idea that might want to make a comeback. How about an interview? <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. But
1: you can't trust those racist interviewers. Much better <laughs> to just have a computer that you yeah. answer questions. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, that might be true. They are humans, and you can't trust humans, right?
1: Yes. You can never, ever trust humans. Although, you can always trust a grumpy old Ben's expert, and that is those who have donated to the cause. We work on the value for value model, learn from no agenda, Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak, which is we do these shows. We put them out there, and if you think you got value from them, you find a way to give value back, and monetarily is very helpful as well as hanging out with us during the show, fact-checking us, sending us links to content like Stevie did with the Gab being deplatformed by Visa. All this stuff helps. No Agenda also taught us that. We don't have listeners. We have producers. And if you want to be more than a producer, you become an expert. And we do have some people to thank for this show. First and foremost is Brian Genak, who is a new Patrione. So we have two now, which is woohoo. I mean, that's like you said, that's a hundred percent
0: gain. And in in only a couple days, if we can keep up that rate, yes, hundred percent every single day.
1: If we keep that rate up, it's good. Now, the beautiful thing is he attached a little note he emailed me. And this is something again that it's taking a while for me to wrap my head around this whole podcasting thing where you get listeners and i've always assumed and rightfully so that we have taken a vast majority of people from the no agenda sphere well brian isn't from the no agenda world he said he's been a fan of both grumpy old bands and random thoughts for a few months now and the way he heard about us well he did say that uh we're about the same age him and i but your rants Won him over, so he likes the Sir Bembros rant. So, I mean, that's one questionable I, thing about Brian. I, I, shall,
0: I shall do my best to remain unhinged for the show. But he heard about me for
1: the first time through that Larry show. So we have that Larry show to thank for a brand new subscriber. He said, "I knew Larry would not steer me wrong," and he, he said both Larry
0: to thank for a lot of things. He helped us get Grumpy Old Ben's off the ground. And he got you back into podcasting.
1: Yes. Yeah. He gave me the kick to do the solo show. So this is all thanks to Larry Blinder that Larry He does an excellent show. And uh, Brian mentions, if we're ever in Wisconsin, that uh, we can have a few beers. So uh, there is well, cheese I, there, too. I, in I,
0: I, I'm glad to have you on board, Brian. You sound like quite the expert.
1: Yes, you are now officially an expert. We appreciate that. Also on the list today, Jay Noah Davis, who's on a subscription, and Bernard another, Engelskircher. And I know I keep butchering his name, but Bernard and Jay Noah Davis. Thank you, and Harry, couple
0: of fine experts. Yes,
1: and Harry Hamster, the the number one hamster expert in the Grumpy Old Ben's. Yes,
0: stable. I Noticed he was he was giving out free hamster facts in the troll room before the show. <laughs> I, I'm that curious, is a real
1: expert. I'm curious. He just put a little note in his which said. Adam is mad at me so I don't know if he made the podfather I, I, angry.
0: No, Adam kicked him during the show for <laughs> saying something. You know Adam is starting to make a game for of of kicking people particular trolls who say certain things and usually right before the first donation segment, he'll just pick out some troll who said something that it, d- don't take it personally. It's it's a kick, it's not a ban. You can always rejoin. Just acknowledge that you you said something that annoyed the host and uh, you know, be aware that in in the troll room, especially for no agenda, uh, we're here not to not to heckle the show. We're here to produce the show. And so if you're if you're saying things that are making the show worse, um, there's a good chance of getting kicked.
1: And you are more than welcome to come to no dot com when we do grumpy old Ben's and troll. Yes. Sir Ben and, Rose and will feel free, almost never kick you.
0: Yeah. Feel free to heckle the hosts because I will throw it right back at you and totally make the show worse. <laughs>
1: that is true and i mean i thought adam almost booted you the other day too so i mean there's nobody's really off that radar if you're being uh if you're being annoying it's a uh, it's a well meaning it's it's one of my few skills it's a well-meaning slap on the wrist so harry hamster thank you and if you want to be an expert like brian gennack and jay noah davis and bernard eagleskriker i butchering that and harry hamster grumpy old Benz.com is the place to go subscribe to the show there and hit one of those donate buttons or go to patreon.com slash grumpy old or find our PO box address on our website or the QR code for Bitcoin. All of those viable ways to transfer funds from you to us. And we appreciate everybody that does. So helps us keep the microphone sounding good. You know, the websites online and all of that other stuff. So, I mean, 4th of July tomorrow, we hope nobody is playing with fireworks that they're going to blow their hands off they but are dangerous
0: if you do make sure that you you take a video of it and post it to no agenda social
1: it's always good to have video i mean i noticed some of these bigger cities aren't even like announcing when and where if they're going to have fireworks they don't want people to be gathering it's going to be a really weird fourth of july the fireworks
0: are here they're they're all over the city but mostly like a block and a half over there's Somebody got a really good deal on lots of loud shit out there. <laughs>
1: See, that's always annoying too. It's like, I'm fine with you blowing them off on the 4th of July. But if you're doing it on the 3rd, 4th, 5th, 8th at like midnight and yeah, just first, uh-huh.
0: yeah. it's like I, you know, and, and yeah, I, I at least have to appreciate the lawlessness of, you know, this, this city, uh, fireworks are not allowed at all. They are completely illegal. Of course.
1: Um, Nobody but, has them though.
0: Yeah. You know, the, if If you really need to go to one of these cities that has no cops anymore and just you know fire your <laughs> weapons into the air,
1: you know that's always my first thought when I hear the fireworks. I'm like, well, that's illegal. Why can't I just go off and start popping nine millimeter rounds into the air? I mean, they're both about well, as dangerous yes,
0: <laughs> i'm I'm not sure that's true. Because the, the thing about bullets is what goes up has to come down.
1: Yeah, but a lot of these fireworks, too, will you know, land on somebody's roof and light them on fire if they don't exactly yeah, the, function. The, the,
0: real reason, the real reason that fireworks are illegal in this city, of course, is the fire danger. But I would like to point out it's raining like a motherfucker right now.
1: So there should be a law that says you can do whatever you want with fireworks as long as it's in the rain. Well, it's,
0: it's generally known that the unofficial start of summer in the Pacific Northwest is always July 5th. Because, and, and this is actually a straight-up true meteorological statistic. Uh, the average annual rainfall for each day in July, the, the wettest day in July, statistically, month year after year, is always the fourth. It rains 75 percent of the time on the Fourth of July, and only about 40 percent of the time for most other days in July.
1: Somebody hates you. <laughs> it's a fun statistic. And uh, even John Fletcher has kicked people from the hog story troll room. So, I mean, that takes a lot. If you can piss Fletcher off, tell me how to do it. I've been trying to do it for months now and I just can't seem to get the knack of it. But with that said, we will be back next week on Monday, I believe with Nick, the rat. So be at the no address in the troll room, listening live for, Our chat with Nick the Rat, and hopefully we'll bring some fun tech topics. We'll see if we can stump Nick the Rat. I want to know what he really does. We want to know what his skills are, and we're going to find out on Monday. Until then, enjoy the 4th of July. Stay safe. Have a hot dog and a beer for me. This is Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America, just outside of Chirac, where we still have good barbecue. And, uh, you know, hopefully the city won't burn down again.
0: And from America's left coast, where the rule of law means that it's only illegal when the other guy does it. I'm Ryan Bemrose. I hate the other guy.